Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Hello. Hello, Matty D. Hello, Kieran. Oh, I'm so excited to be here today. Me too. Yeah, I was hoping you were too. What a milestone for us. Yes, so this is, if you probably haven't seen from the description or I guess the uh, the episode title, I don't think it's going to be uh, in the, the episode title. The public holiday that they're going to run for. Yes, that's right. So this will be remembered like the Queen's death from, <laughs> from now on until eternity. This is our 200th episode. We've done 200 episodes. As we pointed out last week, you could play our show from episode one till now and and be listening for 12 days without a break. Can you believe that? That sounds like a good 12 days to me. Yeah. Can you imagine how crazy you'd go? Like, yes. Imagine playing it to like a mental patient in their padded cell. Just potential spoilers. And they, I think that would yeah, it would probably yeah, make just, them sane again. Yeah, just somebody. But snap out of it. <laughs> or, or just somebody like twitching in a corner just saying, ooh, by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this actor from Fargo. <laughs> no, they'd be like, you know, um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... All the things that we just say all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what we typically do on this show, what we've been doing for 200 episodes is we look at all the promotion material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. We're not doing that this week. We're, we're taking a break, a well-deserved break after 200 episodes and we're just talking movies for a change. And this week we're talking about the best and the worst of 2021. We're almost caught up to modern day. Almost. This is something we've done in the past. We've done two other Movie Talk episodes. I think it was Movie Talk episode, let's say, episode uh, nine. We did the best and worst of 2020. And I think episode four, could be mistaken, we did the, the best of 2019. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that it's like closer to being up to date. So <laughs> maybe by the time we reach our like four-year celebration, which is coming up, our wow, four, that's our four insane. Year, our four-year anniversary of the show is in two months. That's amazing. So maybe then we'll do like the best and worst of 2022, just to make sure, we're, like I said, we're up to date and then make it like a, a yearly thing. So at the end of each year, how long are we going to do the show oh, for? No, that's the real knows. question. Do you remember we used to do projects for like six months to a year and we were like, oh yeah. my God, we're tired, we're, we're burnt like, out. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> we were like hating each other by the end of it. Like, yes. We need a break. Well, this, like I said, the formula of this show, I like <laughs> how I said, like I said, like I just said it, but in the previous episode, the formula of the show does not allow us to leave at any point. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck. So we have so many actual spoilers episodes we have to catch up on, and there's, there's so much stuff we just have to talk about. We've got so many special episodes lined up as well that we just cannot leave at any point. If no. we were to abruptly end the show, it would just be awkward. Yeah. And I think earlier this year, for some reason, it wasn't something that was actually on our minds, but for some reason earlier this year, we were like, we, we had the discussion of like, what if we just ended the show? Like, what if we just announced one day, all right, this is the episode where we're going to end it. Yeah. What, what would that look like? And yeah. like, how'd we do it? How would we approach it? Would we just do like a big long episode where we're just like all the actual spoilers in one yeah, go? Yeah, that's the thing. Would we have to sit there and be like, all right, so in uh, Black Panther, we're kind of forever. This happened. And, and, and Matty D got 42 points. <laughs> and he's like, what? Why? <laughs> Yeah. Like just in a sentence you go over what, what uh, the other person said and then give them the points and oh man, it'd be a mess. Oh, it'd man. be a mess. It's going to happen. That's the problem. It's going to happen one day. One day. We're not going to be able to keep this up for the rest of our lives. So no. one day this is going to end. I, I think podcasts will go extinct before our show does. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Don't say that though because that's my career. <laughs> so I'll be homeless. 
Yeah, but you'll be still doing the pod, so it'll we'll be, be home. Matty D will be approaching me on like a street con. I'll be living in a box. <laughs> yep. And you'll be coming up to me with a microphone. The and studios like, will be a box. Say what happened in uh, Black Panther 7. <laughs> Again, with this impression of me being like a high school student. <laughs> no one's going to understand that, right? No, no. So if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, by the way, you currently can, because for one week only... In cinemas right now, Glass Onion has been released. Well, that's exciting. That's one where we made a lot of bold predictions uh, and and one that was a real struggle. So that's right. That's going to be interesting. It's actually see. really interesting that it's in cinemas for such a brief period as well because it's right in time for Oscar season. Right. So in order for a movie to be nominated for an Oscar, it has to be released in cinemas. So they're doing literally like a really tiny release window. They did the same thing with uh, The Irishman, if you remember. So it can be nominated. So it can be nominated. So The Irishman, if you remember, was a Netflix exclusive movie, the same way that Glass Onion is, but they released The Irishman in cinemas for like a week. Right. And a lot of cinemas actually refused to show it because they were like, well, this is a fucking Netflix movie. Yeah. So this is our competition. Why would we want to show it? I am going to wager that that rule will eventually change very soon. Really? I think so, yeah. But then like- the, the Academy is going to have to be watching so much shit if they're going to open the market to straight to streaming stuff. They're yeah. going to have to be watching Scoob with like a little foyer consideration well, at the, the bottom. They, they, they should be so lucky. Yeah. You know, the, the Academy, you know, cherry picks the movies that they deem important anyway. So I think it'll just be the same thing. But it- but cinema is very much their focus. That's the whole thing about the Oscars. Yeah, but cinema's dying. Yes, I know. I know. Uh, this is like an exploration of that this episode, isn't it? We can really talk about the state of I cinema mean, with all the movies I, that I, came out in 2021. Yeah, yeah. I think you and I don't want cinema dead, by the way, for no. anyone listening at home. But it just definitely seems like that's where it's going and we're yes. moving towards. And this show, the it, audience is very much making that a fact. That's the problem. Yeah, everything's going to streaming now. It's, it's a really wild time. And the problem is that the stuff that they're releasing to cinemas is basically stuff that you could put on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than what it should be. But will uh, cinema recover from that? Will it not? I guess that's the discussion for another time. Because this week we're talking about the best and worst of 2021. So, in our show, we covered 33 movies in total in 2021. Manny D and I have watched all of them. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely all of them. Manny D had to, like, cram. He had to- yes. <laughs> so, as we know from doing this show for a while, I watch these movies when they come out. Manny D has chosen not to do that. <laughs> He watches them when he absolutely has to. So when we do one of these episodes where we talk about every movie that came out a year, Manny D has to do a massive cram session. And he had to watch 33 movies essentially in, yep. I think I gave him a, a month. Maybe it was two months. Yeah, I, I sort of cracked it in, in, in a, about two months, I think. Because last year, oh no, it was actually earlier this year. Earlier this year when we did the best of 2020, he fit 25 movies into two days. Yes. I don't know how he did it. How that did you do? Insane. How did you do thirty-three movies in two months? Uh, I did. I did them all kind of sporadically, but uh, I did. I did do a f- like last night. I had an all-nighter. <laughs> just watching really? a bunch of movies. Yeah. Wow, you had a whole bunch that you did. It gave you two months. Yeah. yeah you could have yeah. watched a movie a day and been fine. <laughs> But I guess you were just like, I could I could put it off, put it off, put it off. And then last night you were like, all right, cram session. Well, well. I, I Potential had, spoilers homework. I had some issues with my TV and my computer. My computer broke. So I really? What like, happened with your TV? Uh, I have an issue with my like getting streaming services on my TV. Wow, okay. Some streaming services, that is. So uh, I watch stuff on my computer and my TV. But um, David Lynch would be so furious with you. <laughs> Why? What, what would David Lynch want me to do? He's, he had this like tirade years ago. He's just like, if you watch a movie on your fucking mobile phone, you're not watching a movie. Yeah, well, he's a grumpy old man these days. He can yes. get get with it. But uh, yeah, so that that like delayed me a few a few movies to watch, and which sucked because I I waited for all like the average movies to to watch right at the end. 
Really? So that was a Wait, real... you put up all the bad ones until yeah. average. I like that you chose the word average yes. as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the last uh, the last one, one of the last ones I watched was... Um, so all the critically acclaimed movies that we covered, you, like you Venom, did first. Venom 2 was one Venom of the last Venom 2, let there be carnage. Which wow. I didn't think was too bad, to be honest with you, compared to wow. some of the other uh, yeah, stuff Yeah, compared I to some of the other stuff, we'll get into it. But yes, yeah. so speaking of, what do you think were the top five critically acclaimed movies of 2021? And did we cover any of them? Oh, what, what came out in 2021? Because I'm only familiar with the, the stuff. Well, I can't covered. say anything without revealing them. Oh, so I'd... just off the top of your head, maybe it was stuff that we didn't cover. What was a movie that you saw or maybe even a movie that you were aware of that might be one of the top movies look I cannot recall anything that came out in 2021 so I'm going to guess something off our list um you're going to be incorrect, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, so it's nothing we No, covered. nothing we covered is on uh, right. <laughs> the top five critically acclaimed movies. And, spoiler alert, the bottom five most critically panned movies, none of the movies we covered were on that either. So everything was middle ground. Yeah, uh, that does not surprise Which me. really sums up 2021 yes. in a nutshell. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you straight All away. Right. I'm not going to have you sit there and rack your brain. So the top five critically acclaimed movies of 2021 were Dune, The Green Knight, The Power of the Dog, Minari, and West Side Story. Now- Aside from Minari, I've seen all of those movies. I don't know if you've seen any of them. I think you watched Dune, didn't I saw, you? I watched Dune, yeah. Can you believe that? Uh, no, Beat I, out a lot, of the, a lot of the movies that we saw. No, I, no, I can't because Dune sucked and I yeah. watched that high. I don't know why. How did that get there? That I have movie no idea. Was, okay, what? That movie was terrible. Yeah, people love that movie. That's the thing. Nothing happened. It was like Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, that you know kinda, what I mean? That kind of grows on me. But like, I, okay. was, I was looking forward to it. I was like, oh, this will be good. This will be a nice ambient movie. And Did I you know, say you watched it high? Yes. Okay. I, I thought, guess that's the only way you can watch that movie. But, but it, still, it still was boring. It was dry. It was long, like the desert. It was so long and nothing happened. And it was all build up to the next movie. Like, yeah, that's nothing right. happened. And they and they made out like Zendaya was a huge part of the movie and she had no screen time That's right. All. She had like a little cameo at the end, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Instead, we had to- Because she's Paul's future wife, basically. Right. Spoilers yeah. for that movie. Yeah. Well, I guess we've seen- the previous movie, or we know. Yeah, the that's right. Movie, so, we so we've seen the David Lynch one. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, don't. I don't know if you have seen the David Lynch movie. Uh, I haven't, but I know. Maybe it. you should get high and watch that one <laughs> oh, instead. Dear. That's a complete story, yeah. and it's a lot more interesting than what they did with the. What was it, Dennis Villeneuve? Whoever directed the new one. The effects were beautiful. I got to say that about Dune. Yeah. The effects were beautiful. So if it won like best special effects, I'd be totally fine. Also, with that the one. Green Knight mm. and the Power of the Dog. Like I said, I haven't seen Minari. Power of the Dog was huge. Yeah, I saw both of those movies. Green Knight, I have no idea why that movie was so popular. What's The Green Knight? So, it's a movie about... Um, oh, do you remember Slumdog Millionaire, the, the, the main character in that movie? Yes. He is a knight of uh, Arthur's Round Table. and then The actor this, is. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yep. So, <laughs> yeah, not the character. I was like, Slumdog Millionaire it's character. A <laughs> it's a sequel to Slumdog Millionaire. So the 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 character, well, not the character, the actor from uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, he's one of Arthur's knights at the Round Table, and the the Green Knight comes in and basically throws down the gauntlet. Is just like, if you want to challenge me, come and do it. And he goes off and he has like a weird, wacky journey where he travels to fight the Green Knight, and the Green Knight turns out to be immortal. I, I really can't go into it without spoiling too much of it, but it's like a very weird experimental movie. Is it a fantasy movie? It's a horror movie. Oh. It's a A24 movie, if you're familiar with that production company. They did The Lighthouse, which we've talked about in the past. Right. They did uh, Hereditary. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm getting a theme They here. did yeah, The, right. the okay. Witch, or The Vivitch, as I like to call it. <laughs> All of that really sort of elevated horror stuff that they talk about. So, it's one of those right. movies. Right. So, so real artsy, really. Yeah, like, really, uh, really artsy. Yeah, 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 that's right. So, I imagine lots of audiences were probably like, I don't get it. It's not interesting, but it looks nice. So, 
and Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog was very slow. It was a very slow burn. Uh, it's literally like the modern day Brokeback Mountain. So, but not as not as good as Brokeback Mountain. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I remember when about, you watched it, you were just like talking about penises the entire. Yeah. Time. So the the standout scene to me, there was a lot of penises in that movie because it's a movie about gay cowboys. <laughs> and the standout scene to me is that Benedict Cumberbatch's character, uh, and he's Benedict Cumberbatch in every manner of the word. By the way, <laughs> there's a scene where you see he's Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, He's riding past, like, a group of cowboys who are, like, relaxing in a stream. And they're all naked and they're skinny dipping. And there's one cowboy who's on the back of his horse, naked, lying back. And his penis is, like, lying across his chest. Okay. And that's the one image that I took away from the movie. Because I'm like, all right, well, that speaks lengths mm, uh, to, like, <laughs> this character's motivations. Because we don't really understand that he's gay until this scene. All right. And, but it was such, like, a vivid image, I guess, because uh, we don't see a lot of nudity in movies these days. It was something that was so prevalent in the 80s and 90s, but now it's just something that's completely barren from movies that any sort of nudity stands out. And so, it, it, I guess it's, like, there to make a point. And so, it's just any time I think of Power of the Dog, it's a cowboy <laughs> still wearing up. his hat, still wearing his scarf around his neck, with his penis flopped across his chest... <laughs> Like, like, reclined back on his horse. It was probably, like, less than a second in the movie, but that's just what I remember. Oscar-worthy. Oscar-worthy. Yeah, it was It was up for Best Picture back in 2021. Anyway, let's talk about the worst movies, according to critics from 2021. So, they were Vanquish, Music, The Virtuoso, Midnight in the Switchgrass, and American Skin. Five movies that I've never heard of in my fucking life. Yeah, me neither. So, there's no, like, of all the movies that we covered in 2021... <laughs> As bad as they were, none of them were that bad that they were. They reached yeah. the, the critically panned list. We pretty much just did the middle of the pack stuff. I think that's pretty reflective of the show, right? Well, that's we, Hollywood, isn't it? Yes. Yes. M- most of the commercial sort of movies that they pump out are middle of the road sort of movies. Yes. And then occasionally they'll do something that they intend f- to be good to get awards and stuff like that. But th- it does. those movies don't have wide stream appeal until they start winning stuff. Yeah, that's right. And then, of course, there's the shit movies. And it's all popcorn stuff anyway. Yes. So, the Hollywood blockbuster is very much like a popcorn affair, and it's mm-hmm. just stuff that you go in, you forget about your life for two hours, and mm-hmm. then you leave, and then you don't even think about the movie afterwards. Yep. Which is a category that we've always done. Most forgettable is always a category <laughs> oh, that man. we do on these shows. It was a struggle min- minimizing it to 2021 might as well be, with a few exceptions, yes. let's, let's point that out, with a few exceptions, 2021 might as well be the year of the most forgettable. Yes. I had trouble remembering so many of these movies. Yes, yeah, me too. So, I just want to point out as well, I think this is very important. We've only covered 10, in our actual spoilers episode, we've only covered 10 of the 33 movies that we covered in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're going to hear some opinions before we actually That's do right. the actual spoilers. So, we are going to spoil episodes. some movies that we haven't covered yet on actual spoilers, and we're going to, I guess, potentially spoil movies that you haven't potentially seen, but these movies came out a year ago, so if you haven't seen them by now... You're probably not going to see yeah. them, and if you're that, especially the big ones. If you're that particular about it, you can wait, listen to all our actual spoilers, and then come back to this episode, I guess. But uh, yeah, we'll probably be spoiling some. So, stuff. with that in mind, the fact that we've only covered ten episodes, cast your mind back to all the the actual spoilers episodes we've done. Yes. What do you think was your best prediction of all the movies that we covered of the ten that we covered from 2021? What do you think was your best prediction that you've ever done of the movies that came out yeah. in 2021? Easy for me. It's got to be James Bond. You're absolutely right. 
So your best prediction in 2021 was No Time to Die, where you had 71 points. Because I, I called the, the plot of the I actually pointed this out last week. Yeah. <laughs> you, you called the plot of the movie with no information. You just pulled it out of your eyes and you were 100% correct. <laughs> I could not believe that. Yeah, best prediction you've ever done, yeah, by good. the way. So this is your best prediction yeah. ever. Of the four, almost four years that we've done the show, No Time to Die is easily your best prediction. Yeah. In that same vein, my best prediction of all the movies that we covered in 2021 was Coming to America, <laughs> which we did last week where I got 81.5 points. So my previous best prediction was, uh, I think it was Tarantino's Once Upon a Time yes, in Hollywood, was, yeah. where I got like 69 or something along those lines, 68, 69. But Coming to America, <laughs> the sequel to Coming to America, I got 81.5 points thanks to Matty D's grading. Yeah. And it's the best prediction I've ever done. Isn't that nice? So, the best predictions we've ever done so far for this show were all 2021 movies. On that same note, the worst predictions we've ever done in the entire show we also did in 2021. <laughs> what do you think was the worst prediction you've ever attempted on this show? Oh, for me, I've, I've had some Mind shockers. you, in 2021. I've had some absolute shockers with, uh, with 2021. If I was to guess, I'm looking at the little things. I, I probably guessed a lot in that. Um, well, we haven't done the actual spoilers. Oh for that, no, so just how, the actual spoilers we've done. Yeah, good point. Of the ten movies that we've covered in 2021, I think this is pretty easy. If you ask me personally, because I think this has been a benchmark for us. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would be. Maybe so. Uh, the worst plot prediction. Black Widow. Yeah, that's very close, but it's not quite there. So the worst plot prediction that you had in 2021, which by the way, like I said, is the worst plot prediction you've ever done, was The Kingsman, oh, where you right. got 12 points. <laughs> and my worst plot prediction of 2021 was The Kingsman, <laughs> where I got 10.5 points. So I did worse than you. <laughs> Okay, so I think with the Kingsman, we were definitely. Well, we said this in the original episode. We had no information. That was one of the movies that we went in blind. No information, and we we did not have the we did not guess the tone of the movie. No, we that's like, right. We thought it was going to be a completely different movie, very similar to I feel like Fat Man. Your prediction of Fat Man. That's we right. It was a completely different movie, and it yeah, turned that's out right. To be something else entirely, which just steered us down the wrong. Yeah, road. that's right. So I think that was very much on the marketing. I'm but, not. I'm going to blame the marketing uh, and yeah, not us. Absolutely. Well, also the previous movies of the Kingsman were kind of like yeah. Fun and, and over the top, and then this this movie was was not that. But there was a Doctor Who episode where they did do what I predicted, where like Rasputin yeah, that's was right. dancing to to Rasputin. I was like, what? Yeah. So there was an episode of Doctor Who recently yeah. where the Doctor went back in time and met up with Rasputin, and they literally had the scene that Matty D described from his plot in it. What I predicted that would happen. So in you Kingsman. predict you see, you, your powers went into like the the <laughs> the Doctor Who episode rather than uh, the Kingsman. Which is probably why it ended up being your worst plot prediction, and yeah. mine as well. So, let's keep in mind that uh, your worst prediction was nowhere near as bad as... Well, it was actually about the same. 12 and 10 are basically the same similar, number. Yeah. So, I had my worst and best of all time in the same year, and you had your worst and best of all time in the same year. What a year! But out of the two of us, if you add up all of the, the 10 predictions that we did from 2021, you ended up with a total of 374 points in total, which is... If you added up all of the movies, by the way, by the time we did our best and worst of 2020, we had covered more movies. We'd covered about 20 movies. Mm -hmm. So we've only covered 10. You had something like 200 and something points, mm -hmm. but you have a total of 374 points just from the, the, the 10 predictions we've done so oh, far, wow. which means you are getting better. And I have a total of 437 points of the 10 predictions that we've done so far, 437 points in total. 
Of course, meaning that I'm the better predictor overall <laughs> okay, you're just for 2021. So what what did you start with, though? Did you start, like you said, I started with 200 and something. What, what, how much of the 10 episodes uh, it contributed to that? So if you take your points from each of the 10 episodes and add them together, yep. you end up with 374 points, right. which means you're earning more points overall than you have the previous two years. So yeah. in the first year, so when we did our best of 2019 episode, we had already covered all of the movies from 2019. And you only got like a hundred and something points, like 124 points. The fact that of the 10 episodes that we've covered in 2021, that you get 374 points, like I said, just means that you're improving. And the fact that I got 434 <laughs> points just means that we're oh, becoming- you're, you're so supportive, Kieran. <laughs> it just means that we're becoming better predictors overall. Yeah, we're predicting the formulas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. So, since we're reflecting on our show so far, let's talk about the special episodes. Yes. So, in the past, we've done a bunch of special episodes per year. We've done like four or five a year. In 2021, we only did three special episodes. Only three. Can you believe that? Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I looked at it. But yeah, for some reason, we only got to do three. I think we did way more movie talk episodes than we did special episodes. Yes. So, let's just point out as well that of all the things that we do on this show, the special episodes are the things that require the most effort. (laughs) Yeah. And we were probably very busy in 2021 and we were just like, we cannot dedicate time to writing plots. Well, that's when everything sort of opened back up again and our that's like, right. schedule started getting... Yeah, really that's feel, right. Like, work started like picking so, up. So, the whole time. reason we invented the special episode plot was because we were like, shit, we don't have enough movies to cover. We're going to have to do something to fill time. Yes. And then when that time went away, the special episodes kind of dried up. But mind you, I think we had some crackers. Oh, Some God, of the yeah. best special episodes we've ever done in 2021 because we had our Scarface prequel. We had the Rocky Horror Picture Show prequel and the Warriors remake. Oh my God, that Warriors remake. Yes. So, out of all three of those uh, special episodes, which one do you think was my best? Your best? Your best, yeah. It was really hard for me and I'm, I'm probably going to- Like I said, I think all three of them were crackers. Yes. And so, so, it was a real hard decision. All three of them were great. I had a great time listening back to all three of them and um, I guess it's going to really uh, spoil what I think your worst is. But for yes. me, it was- it was a real tough call between your Warriors episode, which was hilarious. Right. Uh, because you had like a bunch of kids. School kids. School kids being school like kid violent. Warriors. And the Scarface episode. And ultimately, I went with your Scarface episode because you put so much love into into that uh, special episode. Uh, you, you sort of went into de- huge detail about Tony Montana's upbringing, yeah. how he came to America. It was essentially because I was such a big fan of the movie. Yes. It was essentially just like a love letter to that movie. And it was what I imagined in my head the whole time time yeah and i and i and i kind of felt like i couldn't i couldn't say no like i couldn't say scarface was wasn't your best because i think you yeah you put so much work into it and it was such a good story that you told and you um for people who haven't listened to the episode you sort of made it so set where it was spanish wait 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 wait. you said that you were going to spoil what the worst one was yeah you only named two of the three of them being the best so that makes it really obvious i know that's what i mean oh my god (laughs) but yeah sorry yeah steamrolled your praise of me uh, yeah so i really enjoyed it. it it had little nuggets in it like um you know little easter eggs like him being called he was working under a guy that would call him his little friend and that yeah, that's came right. back and then his dad played by Diego Luna yes, of all people we dad- both had Diego yeah, Luna in our I, I know his dad hit him over the head with a bottle and it made it like that's well, how no, he, like, he, he had a broken bottle and he slashed his yes. face which is why he got the scar and then Tony Montana through like no fault of his own ended up killing his own father mm. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm singing my own praises now. <laughs> so I thought that was I thought that was a good one. I think that's your best. And as far as like, 
I know you had a lot of fun with the Warriors uh, yeah. episode, and I know you had a lot of fun with the Rocky Horror one. And I guess yeah, they're they're, right. uh, they're really fun episodes to listen to. They're very funny. But as far as the story goes, I think like yeah. your Scarface was your strongest one. So the way that we evaluate this is basically like, what movie would we want to actually see in <laughs> yeah. the cinema? Yeah. And I guess you know you're saying like like my Scarface plot was the most compelling story that you'd actually want to see. Yeah. So my favorite of your special episodes of 2021 was easily for me, this is a really easy choice, was your Warriors remake. I knew you were going to say that. That was my favourite too. That was the one that you had the most fun with and that was the one that was so funny to listen to (laughs) because the the thing that I couldn't get past was the fact that you had a gang in the movie called The Podcast (laughs) led by Joe Rogan and they'd come in swinging microphones... On chords. And that is such a funny mental image to me. And we were also in that gang yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. That was such a... And the, the whole fact that the whole beef against the Warriors was was due to the fact that they, they illegally watched a Marvel movie <laughs> and then someone tweeted that the Warriors didn't like it and then everyone turned against them. It was so funny. It was so topical. And like I said, that's the reason it had to be my favourite of yours. That has been one of my favourite special episodes to do ever. I had so much fun, like, <laughs> making that up. Yeah. And so now we're going to have to hurt each other's feelings because <laughs> now is the point where we talk about what we think is the worst special episode that we did in 2021. So what do you think was the worst thing that I brought to the table back in 2021? And keep in mind, like I said, I think everything that we did was really good. Speaking for both myself and Matty D. They're all good. They're all good. But the weakest one was probably the Rocky Horror Picture Show. How come? How come? Uh, Just out of all three of them, I think it's the weakest one. So it was kind of like a sci-fi-esque story that you told about them being... They were in a planet. They were in Transylvania. Yes. uh, Transsexual Transylvania for like ages. And then they like tell it like come to... Come to uh, America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, come to America. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, and you had like a, a nice little few things that like added to the story, but I just was just like, out of all of them, that was probably the weakest. That was a very difficult episode to do, I'm going to say. You also put the le- least work into that, I know. Like you were just like, oh, fuck it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you really I wasn't tell. confident with you it. You did not care for it at all. So I think it was very apt that you picked that one to be my worst. And uh, yeah. you also had re- uh, Riff Raff and Magenta having sex in it. So you had like full on incest. Yes. <laughs> I think the movie calls for it. <laughs> And on that note, I think your worst special episode plot of 2021 was, again, your Rocky Horror Picture Show (laughs) uh, prequel. Because you wrote it when you were drunk. Yes. (laughs) And it wasn't even finished. When you came to present it on the podcast, it wasn't finished. There were sentences that just ended and didn't go anywhere. And you had no idea what you meant with your own writing. That's right. And you didn't even remember the plot of the original movie. Like, you couldn't even recall what happened in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was reading it for the first time. So, it was was a total train wreck. (laughs) Listening back to it, I'm like, wow, (laughs) this is worse than when you tried to do, like, a a really serious Lord of the Rings uh, spin-off movie. (laughs) And you had nothing because you hadn't prepared for it. So you're just on the on the fly. You're just, just like, oh, and this happens and this happens. But yeah, you had written it while you were drunk. Yep. You had, uh, and it was literally just the plots of other movies that we'd recently <laughs> covered. So while it was funny, <laughs> it's easily the worst. It's, it was trash, yeah. Yes. It was trash. That's fair. That's fair. I completely agree with you. But let's get into the trash of the, the actual Hollywood movies that we covered in 2021. So I think... Rather than being like really good or really bad, the most damning praise that you, well, it's not really even really praise. The most damning element a movie can have is that it's just meh, as we said earlier. So if a movie is just meh and forgettable, then it's not a part of the zeitgeist. A movie can be really bad and we can and still remember it for being really bad. But if a movie just slides by, no one went and saw it in the box office and you just, you don't remember, even though we like had an episode where we talked about it and even though we saw the movie, we just don't remember it at all. 
Forgettable, I think, is is like a fate worse than death. Yes, agreed. Agreed. So, let's talk about our top three most forgettable movies of 2021. The movies that we've seen, we don't remember the plot of, and just slip by the zeitgeist, and are just not going to be remembered in the future. So, it was essentially just a mistake to cover them on the podcast, because, you know, why are people going to care about, in the future, this particular movie? So, what was your number one, I guess, or number three? What was the first on your list of most forgettable movies of 2021? So, this movie could have easily been, for me, Shang-Chi. Uh, but I think there was enough stuff in that movie. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, my apologies. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. Because I can't remember what happened in that movie half the time, but yeah. there's enough elements that I kind of remember the vibe of it. Okay, so Shang-Chi but, isn't on your list. No, not on my list. Instead, It's going to be your number one worst, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're good. Uh, instead, Spiral is. Spiral from the Book of Sorry is also yes. on my list. So, so we're gonna, most forgettable? Right. We're going to save that for now. But yeah, my number one, or the first on my list for most forgettable is The Forever Purge. Fair is the Forever Purge on Fair. your list? Uh, not on my forgettable list, but it could have been because that movie was forgettable. Yeah. My guess is it's not on your forgettable list is because you forgot about it. <laughs> yes. So, the Forever Purge is just its just another stock standard Purge movie. If mm-hmm. you've seen any of the Purge movies, and there's so many of them, I think there's at least five of them. The Forever Purge, even though it stars uh, Namor, the, the Submariner, as one of the main characters, it is easily... Easily one of the most forgettable movies we've ever covered on this show. Just a lot of What happens in that movie? Just a lot of walking around. Yeah, walking a lot around of and walking like around. People. people come up in masks every now and yeah, again. Yeah, dude, surprise. Yeah, and then they go away. And yeah, this weird apocalyptic, like, lazy movie is what it was. Yes, um, it was an incredibly lazy movie. It's probably the biggest scope that they've had on a Purge movie because the Purge movies yes. are very sort of uh, formulaic, as in, like, the characters in one location mm-hmm. and they're being harassed by, by Purges, as we like to call them. And yeah, this movie, it tried to like open the scope up. Made it bigger. Make it bigger. But yeah, that didn't really come across in the movie. Yeah. And it's also on that note. It was like a farm and a town. It seemed to take away what made the Purge movies good. Yes, that's right. It seems like in that movie, they forgot why people liked the Purge movies in the first place. Yes, that's right. It went so far away from the original premise and became like this post-apocalyptic, weird kind of like- it reminded me a lot of um, Terminator Salvation almost. That's the vibe I got from it. But like, just So what you're saying essentially is that in those original movies, the purge was, was a legal thing. It was a government sanctioned thing. Yes. And the scary thing about it is that nobody can do anything about these crimes that are being committed. So if people are trying to break into your house and murder you and rape you, you can't do anything about it. You can't call the police. There's no one there to help you. You have to survive on your own. That's the scariest element of those movies. But the, the Forever Purge takes place in a world where the Purge is, is, is legal during Purge hours, but the, the Purges are like, no, we're going to continue it. We're going to take over the whole country and continue the Purge after the Purge hours. So, therefore, it's illegal. So, the police and the military are essentially trying to step in and, and help out, therefore taking away from that horror element, essentially. Yeah, and I think there was something about, for the Purge, that is... It taking place in a house or a town, even though it was a smaller scope, that made it, I don't know, it, it gave like an atmosphere to it. It gave like higher stakes. Yeah, that's it right. Just, it just made it more real. Relatable, like, yeah. I, I get what they're trying to do by making it bigger, but it just kind of lost a lot of its charm. Yes. If it had any charm to begin with, <laughs> yeah, anyway. that's it. Because that movie franchise has like, it is run dry it's a dead. long time ago. It's dead. So that that's a good call for most forgettable. I can definitely yes. see what you mean there. And what was your next most forgettable movie? So, I just said Spiral. Uh, my next most forgettable movie is Conjuring. The Devil Made Me That's on my list, it. too. Oh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this movie, because I remember nothing about it. That Absolutely was, my, that was my number one, by the way. So, might as well talk about it now. Right. 
Yeah, well, jeez, uh, what can we say about it? Um, I'm trying to even remember the plot of this. We watched we, it together. We did, and and we covered it on the show. And uh, speaking of a series that's kind of gone to death, this yeah. this whole fucking series is is the Conjuring franchise. Yeah, yeah, they've just they've. I just- think they were dry by episode one. <laughs> by the first movie installment, they were dry. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the whole franchise is built around. All right, a family moves into a house. Uh, a spooky ghost pops up out of the dark. And then a whole bunch of children are frightened by noises in the dark for the, the whole like two hour runtime. <laughs> yes. And this was the first movie to really sort of deviate from that formula. So if you remember in this movie, a it's child. A witch, right? No. Yes. Yeah. No. Oh. See, it's hard to remember, right? Yeah. Most forgettable is very apt because um, I'm, I'm struggling to remember who the bad guy was. I think the bad guy was. Yeah, it was a, it was a guy. It was a guy. It was a man witch, a warlock, if you will. If you remember, he was a part of a, a, the cult of the Ram, which I'm always referencing on this show. The movie opens with a child being possessed by a demon. They successfully exorcise the, the demon from the child, but then the demon ends up going into his sister's boyfriend, whose name was Arnie. Arn? Something like that, yeah. I think it was Arnie. Arnie ends up murdering his boss, and then uh, it's like a whole legal drama. It was based on a true story, as all of the Conjuring movies are, very loosely based on a true story. Arnie ends up going to jail, and then the the Warrens end up, you know, going and investigating, like, who possessed him and why he possessed him. And it turned out to be, like, the son of a priest was a, was a warlock or a witch, and he's doing it for, for some reason. It was a very forgettable movie. Yeah. Which is why it's on this list. It should have been my number one now that I'm thinking of it. it was the, I can't remember any of them. It was my number one, but uh, it was the most violent Conjuring movie that they've ever done. It was they, it- they tried to aim it more at adults. So the Conjuring series has always been aimed at, like, tweens. But, yeah, it was their first attempt at an adult Conjuring movie. And, yeah, it, it didn't really work. I don't remember it being that violent, though. No, it wasn't really that violent. Of all the Conjuring movies, there's no deaths. So this was the first Conjuring movie to actually feature an on-screen death. And it was very sort of suggested as well, if you remember. There was a lot of visions. No. <laughs> so remember when Arnie murders his boss? Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So in all the other Conjuring movies, the ghosts are there and they're spooky, but they don't hurt or kill anybody. This is the first time when someone actually dies in a Conjuring movie. And that's what they were really going for. Like, oh, this is going to amp up our series to the next level. And it did not. Did not. No. So why for you, do you would you say it was the most forgettable? Well, I can't remember anything about the movie. It, like, How I, long ago did you watch it? Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, we, I, it was probably when we watched it together, right? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Yeah. We were, we watched it the day it came out, essentially. I know it was literally like the, the weekend after it came out, we watched it. And yeah, it just completely... It was just such a generic horror movie that it just completely just slips out of the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I don't think anybody remembers it. You know, it kind of came and went. Yeah, it's not in the zeitgeist. Yeah, not at all, not at all. The other two Conjuring movies, as lame as they were, in my opinion, were easily more memorable than that movie. Yeah. And let's finally talk about Spiral from the Book of Saw. let's talk about Spiral. So, what are your beasts with uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw? Yeah, so Spiral's another one that is just really, really forgettable. Um, It comes at an end of a franchise that was successful and it kind of- Well, it's their attempt at rebooting the franchise that is is dried up and ended. Yeah, and it- it So, we had Jigsaw back in like 2018. (laughs) Yes. Which was just a, a wet fart of a movie. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to have to reboot. We're going to have to do something different. Let's do uh, a new Saw movie that doesn't involve Jigsaw. We can start fresh. And yeah, it, uh, it, 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 I guess it was trying to be like a, a kind of cop movie, but it was just- It was essentially Zodiac. Yeah. It, it just- It, it just, was Dirty Harry, but with lots of violence. More violence than Dirty Harry. There was no chances. There was nothing new and it just kind of came and the went. The fact that we could pick the killer 
just from the trailer. We did pick the killer. Just goes to show you how like little inspiration the movie had, and the, and the fact that like the kills in the movie. So the most exciting part about any Saw movie is the torture porn aspect. And the fact that all the torture porn in that movie felt so tacked on and felt so obligatory that it wasn't memorable at all yeah. is a huge sign that the movie isn't working. Like, there wasn't really that many scenes like that that really stand out. I think the the one was when they sh- throw shards of glass. Yeah. I remember somebody. you were disturbed by that that uh, scene in the movie. And The one that stands out to me is the guy with the tongue in the vice and he has to pull his tongue out. Yeah, that was pretty good. In order to escape from the train, which, spoilers, he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Or the guy with the fingers. The guy with the yes. fingers in the in those little finger traps and he has to pull his fingers off. But we've seen all that before. And yeah. That's the thing. It was nothing we hadn't seen before in other Saw movies. It was it was retreads of stuff that worked in the f- other Saw movies. Yeah. And then the stuff that they didn't Told just- in a story that doesn't work for a Saw movie. And told in a story that we've seen a million times before. That's right. So yeah. it was like a boring generic story with plagiarized and not plagiarized because it's self plagiarization yeah, yeah like so stuff we've stuff stuff we've seen before so it just yeah didn't didn't work for me so i think it's fair to say none of these movies that we're talking about in for most forgettable which by the way i'm surprised that we had like very similar choices which just goes to show how forgettable the movies were none of these movies are necessarily bad they're just no. They're not going to stand the test of time just because they're just lazy efforts. They're not yes. going to be a part of the cultural zeitgeist. And so, yeah, I think, like I said, being meh is more damning than being bad, especially in this circumstance. So, you know, I, I think people won't even remember to this day that there was a new Saw movie. No. And I definitely don't think that it's going to have anything come out of it. Like, I don't think there's going to be a spiral too. Nope. So, we've already mentioned that uh, being meh is, is more damning than being terrible. Because at least uh, being terrible is more memorable, which I think leads us very neatly into the real meat and potatoes of this episode. I've got one more forgettable movie. Oh, you do? Yes. I uh, didn't say what my top forgettable movie Oh, sorry. Movie sorry. Was. Throw it out there. Right. This is controversial, and I think you might disagree with me. But I kind of felt like this, this movie came at the end of a franchise, and it did not deliver. I can't remember what my thoughts about it. If you say James Bond, I'm going to reach over and punch you in the face. (laughs) James Bond. (laughs) No, that's on my worst list, Kieran. Uh, (laughs) um, I can't remember if I liked the movie. I might have liked it at the time. But when I was looking at all these list of movies, I looked at this movie and went, what happened there? Uh, I can't remember. Did this happen? No, that that was definitely... Um, Hobson Shaw. So, what happened in this movie? Ah, uh, it's um, going to be Fast Nine. It is Fast Nine. And you say it's at the end of a franchise, even though there's another movie still to come. Well, it was the last last one of a franchise, but it kind of yeah. it's kind of just stuck in there. And yeah, I, I think that was pretty forgettable. Yeah, I know John Cena was running around in a super suit and stuff, but yeah, no, he wasn't. That was our plus. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even happen in the actual movie. Oh, he had uh, the, the injected things. See, I can't remember what happened no, in the movie. No, he didn't inject anything. He was just regular John Cena. That's the thing. He was a regular human being, as was Vin Diesel, but they were still super-powered in the movie. We, we've already done like our actual spoilers episode on that movie, so go back if you haven't listened to that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Of all the, the crazy Fast and Furious movies, that was the one where they literally had caps lock on when writing the script. Because <laughs> they were just like, if we write it and make it sound like it's exciting, it's going to be exciting. Because, yeah, they, they had that scene where they're trying to drive across a bridge mm-hmm. in, like, a fictional country. Mm-hmm. It was filmed in Thailand. <laughs> but, yeah, they were trying to drive across a bridge and then, like, Vin Diesel Tarzaned his way across a cliff. And even that wasn't exciting. Yeah. The actors couldn't even sell it as exciting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Vin Diesel just, like, you know, 
blank faces his way through the whole movie. Yes. But yeah, it really did There's feel like one that empty were, seat. <laughs> it really felt like they were just obliged to make a, a Fast and Furious movie. Like they just had to make it. So yes. you know, like a kid rushing to put his homework in was just like, yeah, this is good enough. Yeah. It really felt like Peace, they were get trying degrees. to boom. They were trying to like build stepping stones to the big finale, which is the next movie. The space, which is, yeah. Yeah. Well, they've already gone to space. They went to space in F9 and they're not gonna be able to recover from that. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like it was just stepping stones up to the big finale where they're going to have like a, an all-out car war, essentially. So it was such a meh in the middle movie that, yeah, it can't stand on its own two feet. All right, let's get into the worst movies. Let's let's break hearts, hurt yes. feelings. So I think we're going to have two completely different lists for the most part. Possibly. Of uh, worst movies that we saw in 2021. So oh, I'm as looking is at standard, this list. Oof. As is standard, we're going to go from order of least worst to worst worst. <laughs> So, from movies that are like, eh, it's pretty bad, but not that bad, to like, absolutely terrible. So, Matty D, what's first on your list for the worst of 2021? So, the least of all the bad movies we watched of 2021. The least painful of all the painful. The least painful is one we covered recently. It is coming to America. That's my one as well. That's that's the first one on my list as well. <laughs> so, let's talk about it. That's yeah. interesting that it's at both our first for me. Wouldn't it, was- it be crazy if we just had the identical <laughs> same list? I love it. It's not going to happen. I love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I have a feeling you've got a, a, a movie on your list that probably I disagree with. But anyway, okay. so Coming to America, we spoke about it in the original episode uh, not too long ago. We talked ago. about it last week. Mm-hmm. Look, it wasn't good and we spoke about what we didn't like about it. I call it the worst comedy movie that we've ever covered on this show. Yeah, and you're probably right. Having said that, it wasn't super painful to watch as other movies have been. Yeah, There's you're been right. movies, and there are movies on this list that I sat through and it was agony to watch Yes, the whole movie. It's slow. It's boring. It takes a really long time. It annoys you. It frustrates you. It angers you. This movie was just like lazy, bad, stupid, yes. dull. A but- lot of rehashing from the first movie, and the focus was on the son character Lavelle. We talked about this last week. I can't believe we're having the same conversation again. <laughs> so they they focused on the character that we don't care about, and then a character that was frankly terribly written and terribly acted. Yeah. And he was taking over from Eddie Murphy, who was sleepwalking through the movie. He didn't want to be there. And the fact that we're focusing on a character we don't like. And they just didn't use Sammy at all. Sammy. Yeah. yeah. Sammy, who was your Arsenio Hall's character. So, all the stuff that we liked from the first movie was completely purged (laughs) from the, the second movie. And like you said, it was a completely lazy retread and just wasn't compelling to watch at all. Yes, and I guess the reason it was the least worst is because of there was some entertainment value there. Yeah. I guess there was nice little Easter eggs here. It wasn't totally a, a painful experience to watch it. Yeah, kind of came together. There are probably a, a couple of jokes in there that you smiled at. Yes, but yeah, it was easily terrible. Well, yeah, easily. Well, it's on our list for worst, yeah, but easily one of the worst movies. All right, what's next on? Oh, well, actually, my first well, my list was coming to America, but what's your your second? My second one is old. Old. It's not on my list at all. all right. Might as well dive into why let's, let's it's talk, terrible. Yeah, let's talk about old. Um, M. Night Shyamalan's old. What a weird movie this was. I yes. had no idea what was going on half the time. It's a, a premise of people coming to a beach, getting old. That's and it. it. And it's like weird shit happens. And I, I watched this movie recently. I watched it with a whole the bunch of- The fact that they have to add in weird shit happens from like- You know, it's already scary enough if you go to a beach, you start becoming old and you can't leave. That's already scary enough. The fact that they add in weird shit happens. Yes. It's just a sign that like, ah, the premise isn't working. (laughs) And I know this is M. Night Shyamalan, so this goes without saying, but boy, was this pretentious. Yes. Boy, was this And it was actually based on a graphic novel, which I read, which was pretty good. Oh, was it? It was a pretty good graphic novel. It actually really disturbed me and upset me, the graphic novel. So I'm like, this is perfect. Like, this is perfect fodder for a horror movie. 
if he just adapts this directly, it's going to be a really good movie. He did not adapt it directly. He just literally took, like, some elements from it and then just did his own stuff. And yeah. all the stuff that he added in himself was just the stuff that really didn't work. Right, I could I could probably guess what that was. But yeah, like- it, Nobody survives the beach in uh, the, the graphic novel. Oh, really? That's the horror of it. The fact- the last Don't thing end we up see, in a helicopter. The last thing we see <laughs> in the graphic novel, which is something we brought into the prediction, was uh, an adult baby is literally crawling around the beach and becoming an old woman. Right, okay. And she builds a sandcastle and like a tear rolls down her, her cheek as she starts to die. Yeah. But yeah, this- not an element in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but this movie was weird. It was uncomfortable. It didn't make sense, and it thought it was being smart, smart by not making sense. Yes, just, just really, just an uncomfortable experience. Yes, and the fact that the thing that really like cemented it for me for being a terrible movie is the fact that like the two kids survive. Yeah, I mean they're adults by the end of the movie, and they were little That's kids so at the start stupid. of the movie. But the fact that they like they swim through like a tunnel of coral. Oh, the tunnel of coral to escape, and, she, and her dress gets caught. Yes. <laughs> And I, I was holding my breath with the characters to see if, like, I would survive the same situation. I do the thing, like, whenever- I do that too. I do whenever, that too. like, a character's holding their breath in a movie, I'll hold my breath. You know, the, the one movie that I nearly died in was, like, Mission Impossible 5, <laughs> where Tom Cruise holds his breath for three minutes underwater. I ne- that nearly killed me. But, yeah, this movie, I was holding my breath, and I'm like, yeah, they would have died. Yeah, easily. easily. But, yeah, they, they survive, and then they go and, like, they-, th- they It turns out it was, like, a, a, a pharmaceutical company- Oh, my God. Who was God. using the beach to test experimental- medicine yes that is the big twist and they use this whole thing yes and they're like oh that woman didn't have a seizure for a couple of years that means we can put this medicine out on the market and the fact that the children escape their their torment and then they they arrive in the hotel and they're able to like overthrow the company it was just like what you didn't need that in the movie yeah yeah yeah. so the, so the movie you think it's wrapping up at this stage they're yes. like they're leaving they're escaping we're sort of learning if whatever. they drowned i would have been happy to be honest <laughs> yeah but me too but we're starting to learn what's going to happen like what, what what's going on you're like okay we're at the end here and there's this whole other bit tacked on where they're in the you know yeah the, oh, so fucking dumb so dumb yes but yeah that's that's my second it could have been a really compelling brilliant movie but the fact that M. Night Shyamalan had to come in and put his grubby little fingers all over the script I know he wrote the script he adapted it from the graphic novel it just needed less all of the elements that he added in were so bad and like you said it needed less because it was already a scary enough premise on its own it didn't need all these extra elements that you know the fact that it wasn't explained in the graphic novel made it scarier the fact that they explained everything about the scary beach in well aside from the fact that you know we don't know why yeah the beach makes you age. The fact that they explained everything else and why this was all happening ruined the entire movie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That is a terrible movie. But speaking of, the next movie on my list is The Matrix Resurrections. That is, is that on your list? That is on my list. That's well, we'll save it. We'll save it until yeah. we get to it on your list. So, what is the next movie on your list? Uh, next movie is the third least, and it is The Candyman. Oh, wow. That's not on my list. <laughs> Let's talk about The Candyman. Let's talk about The Candyman. Absolute dog shit. A sequel yes. to a much-beloved classic, or at least my perception of a much-beloved classic. So, it classic. was the fourth installment, I believe, in the Candyman franchise. Something like that. And it was an attempt to reboot the franchise. I think Jordan Peele produced it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he did. So, unlike Antebellum. <laughs> we don't want to like drag. Where we thought that Jordan Peele Jordan was involved. Peele's he wasn't involved at all, but he actually was involved with this one. Okay. And uh, I don't know if he read the script or saw the movie before it came out, but it was a real piece of shit. I have no idea why he put his name to it. I think he wrote the script too. 
Oh, did he? Yeah, I was going to say, why didn't he read the script? But yeah, he wrote it, so... Uh. He probably didn't read it then. Did you see the yeah. movie? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this movie was lazy. It was stupid. We, we spoke about it a lot on Yeah, we did spoilers. an actual spoilers episode on it a couple of months ago, and I remember really hating it, and you actually had the approach of being like, it wasn't that bad, but now you're doubling down and saying yeah. it's, it's terrible. Yeah, well, it's a bad movie. Yes. Like, it's a bad movie. So, do you remember the biggest sin of the movie, in my opinion? Uh, the fact that the Candyman wasn't in it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you do a Candyman movie and make it about the mythos of the Candyman? That's like making a, a Friday the 13th movie and making it about the mythos of Jason. Wait, they did that. <laughs> they did that with the uh, the 10th movie. Or making a Halloween movie where Michael has an apprentice. Or Yes. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't get me started. You're spoiling my list for next year. <laughs> or, or having masks instead of uh, Michael Myers running around the yes. place. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, there, there's a huge reason why, you know, your average horror fan or someone who's just a, a casual fan of the franchise is going to bump up against that movie. And, yeah, there was other stuff we didn't like in it as well. The fact that it was basically a remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, where Freddy possesses the main character and then the, the main character slowly becomes Freddy throughout the course of the movie. The Candyman possesses the lead character and he slowly deteriorates to the point where he, I guess he becomes the Candyman. <laughs> yes. And do you remember how he died as well? Uh, it could be on the most forgettable list because he yeah. died. Oh, d- remember there was an evil laundromat man <laughs> who was the mastermind behind everything. That's right. That's and right. he basically had a situation where he's like, "All right, I was setting up, you know, the main character to be the the candy That's man. That's right. Yes. Just you know, continue the this guy urban at the start, legend. Yeah. You know, the guy who was frightened by a man presenting candy coming out of a, like a hole in a wall in a laundry. <laughs> As a child, you know, he was so disturbed by this laundry experience that he he, he opened a laundromat <laughs> at the same spot. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> he was the child that like had that traumatic experience. Yes, here's the problem with Candyman for me was that it kind of treated it like the audience didn't know what Candyman, who Candyman was, so it took yes. so long to get any payoff. Yes, but the problem is. No one was going to watch that movie unless they've seen the other Candyman movies. Yeah, that's right. So your Candyman, the franchise Candyman itself, is such an obscure horror franchise that it's one of those things where you're only going to watch a new movie if you like the other movies. So you're already completely 100% aware of who the Candyman is. Absolutely. Tony Todd is such an iconic part of those movies. The fact that they didn't include him, I think is your point right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be like if I made a, a Batman movie or a James Bond movie and, and, yeah. I, and I took um, 30 minutes to explain that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yes. It, it was like that. Yes. So, it felt like they were spoon-feeding you stuff that you didn't want to be spoon-fed. Yeah. You're like, stop, 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 stop forcing this spoon <laughs> yeah, down my like, throat. I, I know. Can we get this rolling, please? Yeah. So, it's on your list. So, the next movie on my list, my number three of the worst of 2021, I think everyone's going to see this one coming a mile off, was Halloween Kills. Yes. I can guarantee you that's not on your list. It's not on my list, no. But I totally know This is going to be a perfect follow-on from our Candyman discussion. (laughs) Yes. Well, not really. Not really. Michael Myers is actually in the movie, (laughs) which I can't say- Sort of. (laughs) Which I can't really say for some other sequels that we're going to be talking about in the future. But Halloween Kills, I've got to say- my hatred towards Halloween Kills has softened since okay. I've seen Halloween Ends because yeah. Halloween was so much worse that I, I was looking back at Halloween Kills I'm going, it actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> just by comparison. Just oh, by man. comparison. But but let's just... All right, so we were massive fans of the 2018 Halloween movie. Great movie. Fantastic movie. Fantastic sequel to the classic John Carpenter movie. But Halloween Kills, if I'm perfectly honest, the first half of the movie is all right as a Halloween standard horror movie, but the second half of the movie, so that the real 
death knell for that movie. The really the thing that really signaled the the, the fact that that was a terrible movie was the fact that it had a catchphrase. Evil dies yes. tonight. Yes, I love the, the characters were constantly chanting, "Evil dies tonight," and they were. And while they chased down the penguin, while they chased down a, a little fat uh, escaped mental patient who clearly wasn't Michael Myers, but the whole like the message of the movie is like the evil of Michael Myers is infecting the town, is infecting their logic and reason, so they don't understand that they're not chasing Michael Myers. They don't care that they're not chasing Michael Myers down. They're just full of. They hate. just want to kill like Michael Myers, and so the whole infectious uh, evil that will die tonight is is spreading across the entire town and is is essentially um, corrupting everybody. And that's something that they doubled down on in Halloween Ends. Oh, yeah, did they? So if you hated that element from Halloween <laughs> oh, Kills, no. you're going to love Halloween Ends. <laughs> Who loved Halloween Ends? Let's be honest. Nobody. Yeah. But Halloween Kills, I've got to say, was incredibly divisive for audiences. So audiences were either saying it was the best Halloween movie ever made. Whoa, really? Or the absolute worst. The best? Yes. So, people really liked the whole angle of, like, the infectious evil thing and the fact that Michael Myers was barely in the movie. And the thing that we really bumped up against as well, I remember, was that it was basically just a series of vignettes where, like, here's some people. Michael Myers will eventually come in and kill them after about 15 minutes. Yeah, there was no there was no main storyline. There was no main Laurie character. Strode was sitting in the hospital. Her whole thing was, like, trying to get out of the hospital bed, even though she had, like, ruptured <laughs> organs. And every time she got up, she kept, like, bleeding internally. Her stitches would rupture. <laughs> She's just like, I'm going to go beat Michael. Oh, I've got to go back to the hospital bed. I'm going to go. Oh, <laughs> just over and over again. The main characters kept being like, all right, if we're going to defeat Michael, we can't do anything stupid. Let's split up. <laughs> Let's do something stupid. Yeah. Yep. And that just kept happening over and over again. So respectfully, I've got to disagree with you because if Coming to America was the worst comedy we covered in maybe this episode okay. or definitely in 2021, then... uh. Halloween Kills is definitely the best. It is hilarious, I've got to say that. But the it's not t- trying to be hilarious. The tone the of that movie is all over the place. Yes. And the actors don't know what they're doing. It, no. Not saying they're bad actors, but the, their deliveries are just like, some are really over the top, some are really just like underplayed. It's like crazy. My favourite thing in the whole movie, I've got to bring it up again. <laughs> yes. My favourite thing in the whole movie is the the mob at the end of the movie surrounds Michael Myers. <laughs> There's a woman there holding an iron. <laughs> like, what is she going to do? Iron his overalls? <laughs> How can you not love this movie? (laughs) Well, the fact that I'm laughing at it means that it's a terrible (laughs) horror movie. The fact that I'm not scared at any point in the movie or disturbed at any point in the movie means it's it's a failure as a horror movie. So I was laughing, quite like you, from start to finish. But I was laughing because I was like, this movie is so bad. (laughs) What's the next movie on your list? All right. Well, we we mentioned it earlier this because Mm. the- um, Shang-Chi, yeah. Yeah, no, the the fourth movie on my list is The Matrix Resurrection. Oh, here we go. We can finally talk about so it. We can talk about it. This is a movie we watched in the cinema. That's right. And I remember- We watched it on Boxing Day. We watched it on Boxing Day. We were pretty excited. We were very excited. Because we were like, oh, we thought this was a conclusive movie. They've had enough time. You know, it has a big fan base. Yeah. They're not going to fuck this up. And we're like, up. the trailers look pretty good. The trailer was so good. The trailer yeah. was so good. And then, you know, listening to the making of, and they were talking about how much they wanted to do with this movie, we sat down This and- was uh, Lana Wachowski, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Talking about- So, it was just one Wachowski involved, one Wachowski sister involved <laughs> in the movie. They did- we didn't have both. And then watching the movie, I know we're going to shit on it, but well, watching the movie, I think it's really obvious where the talent came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny, they were also talking about, Alana was also talking about like, oh, we've learned from our mistakes what, what didn't work, <laughs> what, what what the audiences want to see. Yeah, okay. So we walked in, both of us walked into that movie, we're like, this could be really good. This is going to be really good. The expectations weren't high, but they were, you know, 
and yeah, they were middling. Yeah, boy, oh boy, was yeah. I disappointed! And I, I, we left. The audience was with us the whole time as well. That's my favorite part about watching the movie together was the fact that like the audience was so excited. So there's a scene in the movie where like the Merovingian shows up and he's like a hobo essentially, and yes. he has like a gang of like random guys who attack our heroes. And I remember, like, in the audience, like, there were little whispers around us. Like, when he showed up, they're like, oh, that's the Merovingian. Like, people were, they, they knew the previous movie. They were excited to see it. On a silver platter. But there was a point in the movie where there was an action scene. There was a guy sitting behind us who, just in the action scene, would go, <laughs> and he was, like, yawning and falling asleep during the action scenes, which just goes to show you how terrible the movie was. Ah, uh, it, was, it was something else, and... And it was very lazy and there was no stakes to the movie at all. So, Neo wakes it's up. It's in a franchise. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's no, in okay. a franchise which is known. Like, it's cornerstone. It's staple is impressive action scenes. There was not a single impressive action scene in the whole movie. Most of the action scenes were relegated to, like, dingy corners of, a, of an old building. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, I think they kind of went at it like, what people want in this movie is the philosophical discussions yeah. about the Matrix. That's what, we, that's what we all really liked about yeah, those original yeah. movies. Which is, a, which is a factor, but like that movie was all about the philosophy of it. Yes. No action scenes. And it was such a, like, a real jerk-off fest as well because oh my God. the first half of the movie, let's just point out for anybody who may not have seen the movie, anyone who's lucky enough to not see the movie, the Matrix, the three previous movies, exist within the world of this new movie as a video game. Yes. And so- Essentially, Neo is forced to make a new Matrix video game, even though he really doesn't want to, which I think speaks volumes to the actual movie itself. I think in that original episode, in our you know, when we covered it originally, the studio is going to make the, the movie with or without the Wachowskis, and Lana Wachowski was like, if you're going to make it, I might as well come in and, and, and write and direct it, because you know it's, it's, my, like, it's my baby. And if you're going to make it without me, I might as well come in and, and try and do something with it. And then the whole movie... The premise is like, we're forcing you to make a new Matrix movie, even though you really don't want to. There's a real divide between the audience of what they like, the, the slow motion action and the gunplay versus the philosophical uh, deep discussions about humanity and, and nature and stuff like that. And the fact that the movie is like standing there and pointing to a chalkboard and being like, Matrix good for these reasons <laughs> in a Matrix movie is like, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't mind that stuff. I kind of thought that stuff- That was fun. I, I kind of thought that was really funny yeah. and really bold and, and I, I enjoyed that. If the whole movie was that, it would have been much better. Stuff that I didn't like was the fact that- you Fake know, uh, Agent Smith. Fake Agent Smith. Was yes. Really the fact that they didn't even have Hugo Weaving. I'm sure he was available. Uh, fake uh, Morpheus. Yes. The fact that they didn't even ask Lawrence Fishburne to return. He said, like, they didn't even ask me. They didn't even contact me. They weren't interested in having me in the movie. And what a terrible choice. Yes. Because he was such a big part of those movies. And replacing him with another actor. With Yahya Abdul-Madin II. It doesn't work. He, yes. he, had, he, he was such an important part of those movies. And the movie goes out of its way as well to explain why he's not there. Oh, God. He's just like, I'm an amalgamation of uh, Morpheus. And Agent Smith is just like, I'm the new Agent <laughs> Smith. And they spend so much time explaining why the characters we know aren't there. When they really should be they there. They just should be there, because that's what we want to see. But yeah, yes. fake Agent Smith is works with Neo. Fake Neo, I guess. Yes, he's his boss. And then when Neo works out that the Matrix is real, again, because yes. you know he did that before, that awakens Agent Smith. Like, yeah, fake Agent like Smith. Like Batman and the Joker from uh, And he goes, Dark Mr. Knight. Anderson. And then they show us oh. a clip from the original movie of Hugo Weaving saying Mr. Anderson. So we know, so we understand in the audience who he's supposed to be. Even though at this point, there's no indication that he's supposed to be Agent Smith. Terrible. Yes. But the biggest sin is that 
nothing in that movie matters. Uh, we ended the last movie, the last Matrix movie, where there was end of the world, there was big stakes. Neo, Neo died. Neo died. Neo Trinity s- died. Did Trinity die? Yeah, she died okay. as well. Um, they saved the world. And this movie, Neo just wakes up, undoes everything yes. that happened before. And really, he doesn't have a lot to lose in this movie. It's just him remembering that he's in the Matrix and he fights Agent Smith and yeah. then that's it. It's literally just a, a, a loose redo of the first movie, which is yeah. something we predicted, but it was just done so poorly. But not only does it ruin the, the previous movies, but then- It was a real Star Wars Episode Nine approach to the well, Matrix, let's, 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 not, say let's that. not say that. Let's not say that. But, you know, it's- yeah, it's no, just, I'm saying it. <laughs> it just- there was no stakes. There was no danger. There was, no, there was nothing to be lost. There was nothing to be gained. So, it was just a huge waste of time. That was the biggest sin of that yes. movie. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. All right, the next movie on my list, I feel like most of the show has been dedicated to ranting about The Matrix Resurrection. The next movie on my list, I think, is going to be controversial. Well, we've already discussed Halloween Kills, but the next movie on my list is easily the worst Marvel movie I've ever- How dare you? Had to sit through. How dare you? Because the next movie on my list, my number two of worst of 2021, is Eternals. Maybe sulking. All right, what's your problem with Eternals? Manny D, would you care to explain why The Eternals is so bad? I, I'm speaking you it was about- a masterpiece. I'm speaking about The Eternals very soon, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go there. It's not on your worst of list? It is not. Oh, wow. Okay, so <laughs> Eternals is a movie that features 10 superheroes. Was it 10 or was it 8? I can't remember. I think it was 8, sorry, my bad. There was probably a couple thrown in there. <laughs> he's, he's really sulking. He doesn't want to talk about this. <laughs> yep. So it features 8 superheroes. We do not care about- So, the audience is asked straight away to be invested in eight characters in a universe. We're about, mind you, 25 movies deep into a franchise at this point. Mm -hmm. And at least in every other movie, we're given something to hold on to from a previous installment. Yeah, true. And suddenly, we're thrown into a universe that we're not familiar with. We're given eight characters who we do not care about. They're immortal beings who are... uh, their, Their whole job is to go to a planet and make sure it thrives so that, like, a little god baby can be born out of the planet in the future. And this is something they've done for millennia. But this one time they're like, you know what? This Earth planet is all right. I don't want to see this Earth planet, anything bad happen to it. So we're going to go against, you know, what we've been doing for millennia. What we've been created to do. We're going against that. And we're going to turn against the gods and fight against the gods. There, there's some bad guys in the, in the movie called the Deviants who do not impact the plot at all. <laughs> no. Uh, the real bad guy in the movie is uh, one of the Eternals. Spoiler alert. One of the Eternals is the bad guy. I think we called it too. No, we didn't. We weren't even close. Oh, no. We, we thought, thought Druig was going to be the bad guy when it turns out it was Icarus. Icarus, yeah. Icarus was the, the, the big bad guy. He He's like, I essentially what we called was we thought that Druig would be on the side of the gods. Druig would want to see the will of the gods be carried out. The same thing happened in the movie, but with Icarus instead of Druig. Yeah, just to throw us off. Yeah. I, I, yeah, they did it specifically to throw us off <laughs> and yeah. to make us look just silly us. on the podcast. But- the fact that the movie was about two and a half hours long, so self-serious, not a single second of fun to be had in the movie, and Marvel at this point had really built themselves around being a fun, funny franchise, and the fact that they were going into every scene, like Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious, <laughs> with a tear in the eye, holding up the script like it's Shakespeare, was a real mistake in my opinion, mm-hmm. and the whole experience was incredibly painful for me because I was literally sitting there... I didn't have a watch. Matty D had a watch. So, I had to grab his arm and keep checking the time because I was like, is this movie nearly done? Shit, we're only an hour into it. We've got another hour and 40 minutes to go. It was like pulling teeth. Like I said, easily the worst of any of the Marvel movies that I've ever seen to this day was Eternals. 
And you don't agree with me at all. And uh, and so that that's worse than The Matrix. It's worse than Coming to America. Yes, yes. That's worse than- Because I had a visceral negative reaction in the cinema. I was- When the movie started and I saw the direction it was going, I was like, oh no. <laughs> we have two hours and 40 minutes of this to go. <laughs> And yeah, it, it already wasn't my genre. So I've spoken at length on this show about how superhero movies weren't my genre. And the fact that it was every element that I hate about superheroes- It was an origin story. Boiled into one disgusting <laughs> film made me mad. And that's why it is my number two on the worst of 2021. You obviously don't agree with me at all. I can't nope. wait to talk about it again from another point of view in the future. <laughs> what is your next movie on your list? All right. Well, I already said that The Matrix was my my fourth, so now I'm on my fifth. My worst movie of 2021 was The Little Things. Really? It's yes. not on my list, so let's talk about it. Yes. This movie. <laughs> this, this movie. I just want to point out as well, this is a movie we were excited to see. We thought it looked really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this Despite is, the fact that Jared Leto was one of the main characters. In this it. is a movie that came and went. Now, I, I sat down yes. and I watched this movie. Nobody knows this movie. It should have been on Most Forgettable. It should have been. But yeah. I sat down and watched this movie and I struggled to pay attention to it. I was doing other things while watching it. But that doesn't matter because in this movie, spoilers, nothing happens. No. Nothing it, the biggest crime of the movie is that happens. it's boring. It is so boring it is really really boring and like there's nothing interesting going on in the movie if at all you think something is gonna happen in the movie it you're doesn't. wrong nothing happens in this movie and i know that sounds like i'm exaggerating i'm not nothing happens in this movie has great actors yes nothing happens in this movie denzel washington has to murder one of the characters in the movie for something to happen at the end <laughs> at yeah. the very end which and, i predicted by and the way you think it's all coming to this twist which is just hand waved over, like it yeah. doesn't really matter. So nothing happens. So we never find out if Jared Leto murdered the people or not. So yes, Denzel Washington and Remy Malik are trying to catch a serial killer, essentially, or catch a murderer, and they have strong opinions that it is Jared Leto's character. Yeah, he's a creepy character. He's yeah. saying cryptic things. He looks suspicious. He acts very suspiciously. There is no evidence that he is the killer, but also there's no evidence that he isn't the killer. So the whole movie is Denzel Washington desperately trying to prove that he is the killer. He never finds anything that proves that Jared Leto is the killer. So he kills Jared Leto out of spite because he's just like, otherwise he's going to keep doing it. Also, Jared Leto like enrages him and stuff. That's right. So Jared Leto basically pushes him to murder him. Yeah. We saw it in Seven in a better way. Yes. And so the end of the movie is Denzel Washington and Remy Malek have to cover up this murder that they've committed. And they're like, because we have a, this deep understanding of forensics, we can like hide it and make sure like no oh, one ever finds oh, him. By the way, for people who haven't seen this movie, that might sound a little interesting. This happens at the end. Yes. Less. So, yes. <laughs> so if the, if the movie is an hour and 40 minutes, the last 10 minutes is all the most interesting stuff. Yeah. But the first hour and 30 minutes is literally Denzel Washington going like, I know Jared Leto is the killer. I don't have any evidence, but I'm going to follow him around until I find some evidence. Never happens. <laughs> Terrible movie. Yep. I can understand why it was your number it, one. That was a painful one to watch. And that was one that I was clock watching. Yes. I feel like I was you and the Eternals. Like, yes. it just dragged. That was a movie that I saw in the cinema. Oh, poor you. I was excited. I went with somebody else. I was, like, talking about, like, how great I thought the premise was. And I'm like, oh, it was made by the same guy who did The Founder, which is a great movie. It is a great movie. And let's go Let's go see it. And uh, my friend was, like, literally staring at me the whole movie. Like, <laughs> really? Really? And I was so embarrassed because I was just like, I sung the praises of this movie and it's so bad. <laughs> My number one for worst movies of 2021. Can I guess? Yes. Uh, I think it's either going to be Space Jam, which sucks, or uh, Black Widow. Nope. It's neither wow. of those. What My number it? one is Tom and Jerry. 
Okay, yeah, let's ha- let's talk about this because I yes. find this very interesting because... It's on your best list. It's not on my best <laughs> list. It's far from a fantastic movie, but I didn't think it was too bad. It was, as oh, it was it dreadful. Was. Okay, why do you think that? Okay, so everything that we like about Tom and Jerry is not in the movie. Let's just say that. Okay. No racism? <laughs> yeah, no. there's no Mammy character in the movie, so I can't <laughs> go with it. So, uh, what was the character's name? It was like Mammy Two Shoes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like not in the movie, but no, that, that's not important. Okay, so we have Tom and Jerry, who are essentially background characters in this movie where uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is, is trying to get a job in a hotel. She's a hustler. Uh, Kieran, I think she's trying to get a job in the movie. Yeah, that's right. She's trying to get a job as an actor. Yes, that's right. So, Chloe Grace Moretz, I think you described it when you saw the movie best. It, it sort of feels like she's too good for the movie. She no, I'm. I she thinks she's too good. She for the thinks movie. she's too good for the movie. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So she can't get a better gig. So she's really sort of looking down her nose at this movie where she's like pretending to act with like a cartoon cat and a mouse, which were rendered in CGI very awfully, I must say. <laughs> it looked terrible. You know, we live in a post Who Framed Roger Rabbit world, and the fact that they like the fact that they did CGI. Trying to look like 2D animation, I think, was absolutely disgraceful. Can I say something that I found really odd as well? Yeah. Like, they did this thing where all the cartoon, all the animals were cartoon characters. That's right. All of them. You yeah. know, I know this. Fish. Dead fish in a fish That's market. That's what I was going to say. So, uh, you know, usually they have, like, real animals, cartoon animals. Every They made the choice that every animal was a cartoon. Yeah. But they had dead fish that they were eating, which was kind of weird. Yes. Because <laughs> I was like- and they had like they X's. were cartoons. Yeah, they were they cartoons. Had X's over their eyes to indicate that they were dead. Because you know we're we're sort of you know as an audience we've learned to like love the cartoon characters. So to yeah. see our heroes eating the cartoons, yes. it's like oh my, <laughs> that's really off-putting. Terrible jokes. Got to say there was not a single joke in that movie that made me smile. I don't know. It's just it's just bad from start to finish. That's that's the whole thing. That's why it's number one on my list. Tom wanted to be a piano player. Yeah, he was pretending to be a blind piano player, busking in Central Park. Uh, he's disturbed by Jerry, who reveals to the audience that he's not blind, and then they end up going to a hotel. Just, yeah, what is ah, going on and, in that movie? And then the very important lesson that uh, the couple that have the marriage- that, That's right. You know, they don't want a big elaborate wedding. They, they want love- a simple wedding in the park. In What's Central, the point of the whole fucking cent- movie? An elaborate wedding in, the- in Central Park, one of the most popular places in New York. Yes, with elephants. But uh, yes. I love Tom and Jerry the cartoon. I grew up watching Tom and Jerry the cartoon- and the biggest insult to me was that this this movie literally was worse than the other Tom and Jerry movie. You remember the one with the dog that talked? When they talked? Yeah. Worse than that. Worse than we've got to have money. Got to have Cause money. Because that's what the studio said. And it was just, <laughs> like I said, I just found it personally insulting. And nothing in it was good. Chloe Grace Moretz, worst performance I've ever seen her give in any movie. The whole, whole like, pretending to be frustrated acting. Like, she through the whole movie, she was just going, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not buying that at all. I love that tacked on, you know, message of, oh, she never got an opportunity because, you know, she didn't have the experience to get a job, but she like lied her way through. Yeah. <laughs> Demanded to have the good job in the yes. first place. Yeah, terrible. All right. Let's go out of- uh, didn't, oh, th- I- didn't think it was a bad movie though. I got to say that. I thought-, I thought it was terrible. I thought it was the worst movie that we'd covered. I just thought it was just a general kids movie. You know what I mean? Like- yeah, I, I guess I'm not the, the I guess I'm not the audience for it, but like yeah, the fact no, that it, I don't think we are. Yeah, okay, but it should appeal to everybody, not just children. So I thought it was a very lazy, terribly written, terribly animated, terrible movie. Okay. I had some special mentions as well. Oh yeah. Because I had so many movies that I thought were terrible in 2021. Can I have some special mentions? You too? certainly may. Right. But my special mentions were the little things which <laughs> we've already talked about. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Mortal Kombat, Fast and Furious 9, and Candyman. A lot Hold of those we talked on. about. Mortal Kombat was all right. 
No, it wasn't. I liked Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, that was terrible. I thought I enjoyed it. I, I watched that with a friend and we had a great time watching Mortal Kombat. Yeah, what? that might be fun like over a couple of drinks. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like watching it sober in the cinema at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh boy. Like given that like the exotic locations that we had for the fight scenes were like outside of a caravan, <laughs> a dark cave. There's no Mortal Kombat in the movie Mortal Kombat. <laughs> There's no tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good, but anyway. Okay. Well, it's not on either of our lists, so there's no yeah. point talking about it now. But yeah. What I, are your honourable mentions? I agree with- Dishonourable mentions, yes. I should say. I agree with most of what you said. Black Widow, I agree with. Um, uh, Don't Breathe 2. Um, oh. <laughs> Space Jam, A New Legacy? Yes. Which was- it? I, I'm I surprised that neither has brought that up. Well, I, I didn't want to put it on my worst list because I had an interesting experience with that movie. I kind of went up and down. So, some parts of that yeah, movie- Yeah, I was, was the like, same. This is, this is all right. And then the next- you know, minute or hour or not. Hour. It was a violent swerving between like, oh, I'm enjoying this too. I'm hating this. Oh, I'm enjoying this. Oh, I'm so, hating this. So poor Kieran, I was watching this movie and I was sending him text messages during it because yeah. I was like drinking some wine. And so every like text message was like, where are the Looney Tunes? Like I was yeah. really mad. I was like, actually, this is quite good. I've changed my mind. This is terrible. And I knew what was going on the whole <laughs> yeah. time. I didn't want to say anything because I knew what his roller coaster ride was going to be. But yes, um, Resident Evil as well. There was a lot of oh. like meh movies. I didn't mind Resident Evil, to be honest. Resident Evil was my Mortal Kombat, basically. <laughs> I get you. Well, I watched it and I had a pretty good time. Oh, fair enough. It was better than any of the other Resident Evil movies I've seen. Army of the Dead was not the worst, but it yeah. could have been so much better. Yes. Oh, that movie was incredibly disappointing. Incredibly disappointing, but it wasn't bad enough to be included on our list. So, But anyway, let's get more positive. Let's talk yes. about the five movies that we thought were the best in 2021. I'm very excited. We're going to do the same thing again. So if it's on your list, save the conversation. Matty yep. D, what is your least favorite of a, of a good bunch? What is your number five for the best of 2021? Well, Karen, this movie came around. I thought it was quite an enjoyable experience. It's Eternals, isn't it? It is Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on my list. It's not, it's not on your list. You don't need to talk about it. I don't know what your beef with Eternals All right, is. Let's hear what you liked about I don't, Eternals. I, don't know what I already had my rant about how much I didn't like it. I don't know what your problem is with Eternals. Yes, of course. My I've- problem was it's the worst Marvel movie I've ever seen. Sure, sure. And I totally get that. And it has a lot of problems. I'm not going to shy away from the fact that it has a lot of problems. That scene where uh, Hiroshima blows up oh, was hilarious in the wrong possible that way. That was such a disgusting scene. I think that ruined the whole movie for me as well. So I... For the Eternals, I didn't have a lot of expectations going in, and when I watched it, I thought it was really, as you said, really different from any Marvel movie that we'd seen prior to that. Mm, and I because the other of- movies were good. <laughs> Are you saying that? I thought yes. you hated Marvel movies. Well, they have a standard. They right. have a standard. So their their thing at the moment is like they 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 have a high water mark. They always hit that high water mark. And the movies are always watchable, but they're never bad. This is the first Marvel movie that I've seen that I thought was actively bad. Nothing redeemable in the movie. But let's hear what you think is redeemable. So, I I kind of appreciated the fact that they tried to do something different. I enjoyed the the casting of different inclusive people people like i i, I like what that. does like, that matter to the well, plot? Every, everybody was represented i kind of like that it, 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 it added doesn't something. have that's good but it has nothing to do with the plot it just added an int- interesting interesting dynamic I sure thought. um i like the fact that it was do they play into cast. that in the plot are no, they f- where no. are they from that denotes that they are different races and different cultures where in the well, world they come from the same place they're all created by the celestials they do yeah they do so but- the celestials were just being creative with their like they were making like their perfect sims family you yes. know what I mean we're like okay we've made a white character so now we're gonna make like a black character an Asian character or a Hispanic character but it would have been so easy to just make everybody the same I like that everybody yeah. was a little different 
Sure. Yeah, that's that's good from like a movie making point of view, but that doesn't have anything to do with the plot. And I like that it didn't play into the plot though. It was just sure. like it was what it was. And I and I did like I kind of saw it as like a a Greek kind of mythological yeah, story. Yeah, that's that's very much from the comics. Yeah. yeah. And I and I, I I sort of enjoyed that form of storytelling. It's something I haven't seen in a superhero movie, so I liked it. Um I, but I think what I most enjoyed about it was I was having an okay time while you were having a miserable time. So I think that elevated my experience. Okay. <laughs> so you're like I'm having an experience that Kieran is not having. And <laughs> therefore watching it with you, you were like hating it so yes. much. So I think I was personally enjoying And then the that. best part was after the movie, we had to go and have an adult conversation with you really liking it and me really <laughs> hating it. And we had to like meet in the middle and talk about stuff that like, all right, this was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I thought it was all right. It was it was interesting enough. I, I liked sort of the, the former storytelling it, it told. I thought there was some stupid stuff in the movie that I found funny. So mm. I, it was a From minute one to the end. But again, I think it's got to be said that a lot of the movies that we covered in 2021, some were really bad. A lot of them were meh and average. Yeah. So for this to be the least of the best is not really high praise for me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We say this every best of whatever year we're covering. There were not a lot of good movies that came out in 2021. Like I said, there were one or two that I thought were really good, but for the most part, very meh. I think that goes to show the current state of cinema. Quentin Tarantino actually said the other day when he was on a in, in an interview, he said that he thinks that this current uh, era of movies is the worst since the 1950s. Oh, wow. And I agree with him 100% because we're seeing a lot of elements from the 1950s, the golden age of Hollywood, they call it. We're seeing a lot of elements from that now. So, if you remember, in the 1950s, all of the movies were either sci-fi movies or American westerns. Wow. So, my perfect comparison is like, the superhero movie is the Western of this current decade. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's it's the it's the modern day Western. So we're getting like just these the same movies and conservatism was at its peak in the 1950s. So you couldn't have nudity or extreme violence in movies at all. It's also the case now. If you notice, they don't have nudity in no. movies anymore. Or a lot of romance as yeah. well. Like a lot of romance romances aren't in, in movies anymore. And that was very much a result of the Me Too movement. So Hollywood is, is afraid to show any kind of sexualization for fear that it will be seen as exploitation. Yeah. Which I think is the wrong approach. If you're going to have nudity in a movie, if, even if it's a cowboy lounging, you know, back across <laughs> with, a horse. With his penis, with his penis his flapped across his chest. His chest, good on him. Yes, (laughs) up to his navel. You can have it mean something, you can have intimacy, you can have positive representations of sexuality. You don't have to shy away from it completely. Not every movie is a children's movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's a little side note. Yeah, and you're definitely right. I guess like we have a lot of nostalgia for the Westerns, but for every uh, good, bad and the ugly, there was like- Well, no, that's uh, that's a completely different era. That's the 70s. That's the late 60s. That's not an American Western. That's an Italian Western, a spaghetti Western. True, true, true. But I guess my point was- um, there was a, like they were pumping out westerns. Like, That's there right. There were a lot of trash westerns. And, yes. Like with the superhero genre, I know there's a lot of fans of the superhero genre, but it seems like every now and again they make a really good one. But yeah. all the rest of them are kind of like That's not, right. not trash, but like we just get passable. so many a year. We talk about at least ten or fifteen a year. Possible. But if we're in the 1950s now, it means that we're not too far away from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, we're going to have 60s. a like we had the new what? Hollywood movement in new. the in the 60s. So we're going to have our like new new Hollywood movement. We're going to have a boom soon. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. It's probably like going to be a, in 10 years. You know, a, a um, you know the 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 70s era of 60s stellar acting and yeah, we're going to have our new Robert Altmans. We're going to have our new Martin Scorsese's. We're going to have our new Ken Russells. It's going to be great. I look oh, forward to it. Good times coming. Can we please have that soon? <laughs> Anyway, back to our lists. 
so you're number one on... So it was Eternals. We just talked yes. about Eternals. And this is one I don't think you're going to agree with me at all. So my number five of the best movies of 2021 was Cruella. You know what? Not on my list, but mm-hmm. I completely agree. I really enjoyed this movie. Really? Yeah. I'm very surprised. You were very, you know, you had a very negative outlook towards that movie. You, I remember even in that original episode, you, it was a movie you weren't looking forward to seeing. I completely changed my tune when I watched the movie. I thought yeah. it was really, really fun. I thought they did a good job. I thought the acting was really good. And the soundtrack was goddamn banging. Yes. And as far as like an origin story is concerned, nailed it. And yes. I, and I love the, like, the fun of just being quote unquote bad. Yes. Great, great movie. So I think it was directed by Craig Gillespie, if I'm not mistaken, who directed I, Tonya, which I think is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And it is basically like a kid's version of I, Tonya. It's it like is. a kid's version of a Scorsese movie, essentially. Yeah, it really is. Very much that. And I thought, you know, everything that the soundtrack was the, the real thing that won me over. It has one of the best soundtracks in a movie that we've ever covered yeah. on this show. Out of, out of all the movies we covered, I think Cruella had the best soundtrack. Yes, easily. Easily. And it was, it was just a good time. They knew what they were doing. They had fun with the movie. It was a fun movie. And it was very faithful. It set everything up that needed to be set yes, up. Yes, that's it right. Wasn't, like, I know a lot of these villain origin stories, you're just like, well, this person's such a good person. How do they go from that to also, the big bad guy? But- it wasn't predictable. It wasn't a predictable movie. No. I don't think either of us really predicted what was going to happen in the movie. And that's a godsend for yes. us. So it turned out to be, it went against our expectations and it was actually a really fun, enjoyable movie. In a very good way. Yeah, yes. It, it was simple. It was fun. Characters were good. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Great acting too. Totally agree with you. That was There were of- like a few, like the reason that it's not number one on my list is there was a few moments in the movie that I thought could have been better. Sure. Like there was plenty of moments in the movie that I thought were a little bit sloppy. Yep. But you can look past that because of how much fun you're having. Yeah. Yeah. And that was going to be an honorable mention for me, but yeah, totally agree with you with Corella. What's the next one on your list? Next one on my list is The Suicide Squad. That's on my list. We're going to have to All save right. it. All right. So the next one on my list is Nobody. I don't know if nobody's on your list. Probably no, not. it wasn't. But you know what? I liked this movie too. Thought it was really good. So I don't It's in the you. same boat as Cruella. Mm-hmm. So not a perfect movie, but it was a movie that knew exactly what it was. It was John Wick that didn't take itself so goddamn seriously. Yes. It was like a fun John Wick movie, basically. So it was produced by the same people. I think it was even directed by one of the ghost directors of John Wick. And, you know, it was Bob Odenkirk as the John Wick character. And he was great. I've spoken to a few people who hate the movie because they can't see Bob Odenkirk as an action star. But that's the point. That's the point. They missed the point in the movie. The point is you don't expect him to be the guy. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So, the way that they told me, the reason they didn't like it was they they thought it was a vanity project where they're like, oh, Bob Odenkirk's trying to sell himself as an action star. But that's not not the point of the movie. The point in the movie is this guy like living in suburbia, this middle-aged guy living in suburbia with a family is secretly an assassin. But it's not presented in the way like hand on the heart, tear in the eye, serious movie. It's it's treated as a comedy, as it should well be. It has fun with it. It never stops being silly once the action starts. And that works perfectly for the movie. Yeah, and the action's, are, the action's really good in the, the movie. The action is amazing. Yeah. And, and, and you, you said it the It has best. one of the best car chases that I've <laughs> seen in recent history. Remember that scene? Yes. Wait, which one are you talking about? So, at the end when he's leading the the bad guys is away where, from- Is this where he's in the boot of the car? No, no, no. He's that driving. Was awesome. He's driving in the car and Heartbreaker is playing in the background. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. leading the, the, like, the Russian mafia goons to a warehouse where he has like a trap set up. Yep. And he's like- Driving down alleyways. Waiting for him with shotguns. Yeah. God, this was an awesome movie. Yes. Surprise is not on your list, but yeah. Yeah. 
like I said, not a perfect movie. There's definitely flaws there, but it, it knew what it wanted to be. It was fun. It was funny. And it was just a good time in the cinema. Yeah. I saw it twice in the same week. Nice. Can you believe it? I went to the cinemas twice to see it. Well, that's a good one. That's yeah. that's that's uh because you don't do that often. No, that's very rare for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it knew exactly what movie it needed to be and yes. it delivered. So And I like it better than any of the John Wick movies because it's the same plot but just done it doesn't take itself seriously. So I like the first John Wick movie because it's a little bit silly, but then the sequels are so self-serious that I can't I can't take the movie seriously because it's such a silly premise. Yeah, they're, they're way too pretentious in the rest of yeah. those movies. They think they're- There was no pretension in Nobody at all, which is why I think the movie really worked. No. And I think it does work that um, Odenkirk is the lead. Yeah. Uh, the problem I have with that movie is still, I kind of think it's it, it kind of comes across like a, a weird- male fantasy of being the guy that kills and beats everybody yeah up. yeah that's a weak element to it but, but that's the premise it is the premise and it was a good movie i did enjoy yeah. it okay what's the next one on your list so this is number three going from least to worst and it is luca there you go that's not on my list it was originally on my list but it got swapped out for cruella fair, so let's fair, talk about fair. luca what a charming movie this was yes what an it was absolute good absolute charming movie kind of came out of nowhere I love that it had that studio uh, Ghibli. Ghibli kind of feel to it. I love uh, the animation. I just thought it was just a really nice, warm, happy, refreshing fun movie. Movie, yeah. yes. And the, and and it's nice that these movies come out every once in a while. That's just like a, a nice time. Yeah. As far as a kids' movie goes, it was a good kids' movie. Yeah. Solid message. A lot of fun. We did an all right job at predicting it. We did. We didn't get the whole regatta sort of like uh, swimming. Uh, bicycle race sort of element that they had in the movie yeah but aside from that we pretty much got everything just an innocent movie a fun time yeah that is that all you have to say on the movie i don't know what else to say other than it really made me crave pasta (laughs) yes i tell you what there is a pasta in the in the movie that uh is served by like the one-armed chef pesto pasta i make that now too (laughs) because of the movie i made in fact a lot of people have said this uh, they, they've seen the movie and they saw that pasta and they're like, oh, that pasta looks so good, I want it. And then they just make it yeah. themselves with the potato. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man, it's such a good pasta too. It is. Yeah. The fact that a movie like inspires you to go out and start cooking, I think is a great thing. Absolutely. And yeah, it was it was a great movie. Uh, oh, well, it was a good movie. I wouldn't say it was great. It was easily, I think it was the best of the, any of the Pixar's movies that we've covered. Yeah, as, as we've fu- sung Soul's praises in the past. We've sung Onward's praises in the past, but it's better than those two movies. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good kids movie, and I think it just really captured like the innocence of you know childhood. And I think That's anybody, right. anybody who sits down to watch it, like a kid, a child will go down and watch it this movie and really enjoy it. But like somebody who's a little bit older will have like mm. will watch it and have a different reaction to That's it. That's right. Like, oh, this reminds well, me. Well, I have like- to say as well, uh, a good friend of ours, Jody, who listens to our show. Actually, I'm going to quote her directly here. She said that it made her feel nostalgic for a time period she didn't live in. Yeah, and I would it agree It made her that. nostalgic for a childhood she didn't have. And I'm like, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Jody there as well. Hey, Jody. Thanks for listening for 200 episodes. <laughs> uh, the next one on my list is The Suicide Squad, which was, I believe, on your list. So, it's time to talk about The Suicide okay, Squad. Yeah, this was a little lower on my list, but let me say, good movie. Fun movie. They, they finally learned their lesson. Yes. Yeah, what a solid movie this was. Good times. Good times. The fact that they got James Gunn into the DC offices. This is back when like he was fired. He was fired from Marvel. 
And he immediately went over to DC and was just like, what do you got for me? And then they hired him back because they're like, shit, the audience is going to turn against us. Yeah. Now, this is controversial, this movie. Some people did not like it, but yes. I think we really loved it. They fight a giant it was, starfish. It, it was exactly what I want from a superhero movie. Exactly. As being the non-superhero fan, this is what I want when I go to a superhero movie. Yeah. Well, this is what I wanted from a Suicide Squad movie from exactly, the yeah. very beginning. And I didn't get that in all the other movies. And no. it finally is there. Harley Quinn was great in this yes. movie. She was positioned perfectly. She doesn't need to, in my opinion, she doesn't need to be the lead because she no. works better when she's reacting to other characters. That's right. Yeah. She, I don't. She- Idris Elba is arguably the lead of the movie, and he does a fantastic job. Yeah. He's a great character. He's a compelling character. He's great. Um, he's I, a badass in the movie. Uh, yeah. John Cena. He's a uh, show stealer. Yes. Cena. So much a show stealer that he got his own TV show, which I watched. I watched every episode of the TV show Did and it was like fantastic. It? Nice, nice. Such a good show. You should watch Peacemaker was the spinoff show. If you like The Suicide Squad, then you're going to like the TV show Peacemaker. Yeah, well, I love I loved John Cena in films. He, yeah, he's, well, he's, he's the main character in Peacemaker. He's fantastic. I love I love Ratcatcher in the movie. Yeah, Ratcatcher 2. Ratcatcher 2, sorry. Yeah, yeah he's, she was really strong. Yes. The uh, whole cast was really good. Um, I love Pete Davidson. Polka Dot Man. Cameo. Yeah, the Polka Dot Man was a little weird for my yeah. taste. But I still liked him. It was it was fine. Just, they knew that they had to make a fun movie and they went at it 100% yes. and it fucking Just worked. like nobody, it was fun and funny, never took itself seriously and that was exactly what the movie needed to be. Yeah. It was a fun time. The fact that the bad guy was a giant starfish called Starro who possesses people by like shitting out little starfish that latches onto their faces. They never get unpossessed, by the way. Those people are just fucked. <laughs> And that's perfect. That's exactly what the movie needed to be. It was a comic book come to life. It was like, yeah. Yeah. This is just fun. Yeah. There you go. What's the next movie on your list? So, so this, this is the real meat and potatoes. Yeah, this is where we're going to have to split hairs. Here we go. I guarantee. Have I guarantee this is going to be on your list. Yes. So this, is, this isn't this is quite the best, but it's the second best for me of 2021. Mm. Is no time to die. Controversially so, this is my number two as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I thought it would be It high. was my number one, but then it switched over to number two when I really thought about it. Let's talk about James bro- Bond. We might have the same two. We have the same. Okay. We have the same top Let's two. Let's talk about James Bond. This was a movie you were really looking forward yes. to. Yes. Yes, for years. Years. At least, let's see, for five or six years I was looking forward to this movie. Yeah. And there was so much writing on it. it was going, I knew it was going to be the final of the Daniel Craig movies. And I I was very nervous going in because I'm like, well, Spectre, you know, while I still liked it, Spectre was clearly not a great movie. And there's so much- It that- wasn't good. <laughs> well, everybody thinks that. But, um, you know, I'm a diehard James Bond fan, so I, I'm still going to take them. And, you know, even if they're really bad, I'll, I'll find that they still have some charm to them. Even the Pierce Brosnan ones? Less so those ones. <laughs> I still watch them. I still watch them even though I don't enjoy them. But uh, there was so much writing for me emotionally with this movie that I was like, it has every chance to be terrible, but it also has every chance to be good. But I went and saw the movie. As we know from listening to the actual spoilers episode, I really enjoyed the movie. And it's probably up there. It's my second favorite of the Daniel Craig movies. And it's easily in the future going to be one of my favorite James Bond movies. What, what praises are you going to sing for it, given uh, that it's the second on your list for the best? Great movie. I enjoyed watching it in cinemas. It was really strong. It was a movie that you weren't looking forward to seeing. You'd given up on the, the franchise I at that had, point because you're I like, had. Spectre was so bad that I've given up on the franchise. Yeah, I had. And I liked, I liked the different take they had on James Bond as well. I liked the fact that he yes. was the old dog in the organization. He didn't Which have, is something they've done before, but they, they did have, it really well in the movie. Not in this way. He didn't yeah. have the charm anymore. The organization had moved past him. I definitely like how it ended. I thought that was really bold. Yes. And I did not see that coming. 
I saw other things in the movie coming, but yes. I didn't see that. Well, as I said in our actual spoilers episode, the fact that they kill off James Bond at the end of that movie is inevitable for that series. For the Daniel Craig series, it was always going to end from the first minute of Casino Royale, where he kills a man and says it gets easier, you know, with each kill. It was always going to end with his death. That was the only inevitable path that they were going to go down. The reason that they made the whole new series with him separate from the the classic series, you know, starting with Sean Connery ending with Pierce Brosnan, was because I think they were always planning to go in that direction. You could argue like, oh, you know, it was a real Star Wars sequel trilogy flying by the seat of their pants and making it up as they go along. But I think they always had the intention of eventually killing him off. It was just how were they going to do it? Yeah. And would we care if they did it? And, and it made sense to kill him off. Yes. Were, it was all about 007's mortality. Yes, that's right. And the fact that he is expendable. This series has always been about his... It's something we've never really seen from James Bond before with the classic movies where it's about his mortality... He gets hurt. He gets beaten up. He has uh, romances that have an impact. They're not just a fling. You know, he has connections with uh, a, a woman or women who they, they it means something. It's not just like in the next movie, they're not around anymore. He, he visibly is, uh, he, he's driven by these relationships, which was never an element in the original movies. But that works so well for this franchise. And the fact that this whole movie hinges on a, on a relationship. Not just a relationship with a woman, but a family that he's unintentionally created because he has a child in the movie. The fact that the the whole series hinges on that is what ended up making it work really well and is what ended up making the movie be really impactful. Yes, yes. And I, and I do love the fact that they went against pretty much everything we know about James Bond. That's right. Yeah. As you've just sort of said, like yeah. all these things, like you would never have thought James Bond would have a kid. That's you right. You would never thought James Bond would die. And, and, it, and it went in all those directions. I do and have, aside from that, yes. it was a really fun James Bond movie. It was a really fun James Bond movie. Now, I do have problems with it. Like, yes. The plot kind of doesn't make sense when you look at it. That's every James Bond movie, though. But uh, And especially the villain's motivations. And yeah, that's that, every James Bond movie. And the whole therapy scene, not therapy scene, the whole interrogation scene with uh, Blofeld was just kind of like, yeah. why are we doing this? But that aside, strong movie still. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We it was Like not- I said, it was my number one, but then I, I really sort of thought about it. I was just like, all right. Personally, it's probably my number one, but like objectively, yeah, it's it's not going to be my number one. So let's talk about our number one yeah, and why is it Spider Man? Yeah, let's talk about No Spider-Man. Way Home. <laughs> yep, it's it's Spider Man. So the only way that Spider Man No Way Home is a good movie is if you've done all of your homework. If you've done all of your Spider Man homework, that pays off in spades for Spider Man No Way Home because the only way you can enjoy it as a movie is if you've seen every single Spider Man movie that's led up to it. In every single iteration. Well, yes. not every single iteration, just the movies. So, you, you know, you can skip watching the TV show, the live action TV show from the 70s. No need to watch the Chinese web or anything like that. But this movie does not stand on its own. Absolutely. But not. for some reason, it's our number one because I guess we just had such a, a, an amazing time in the cinema watching this movie. And even with James Bond, which, you know, made, which made me laugh and cry, it pales in comparison to the fun that I had in the cinema. And it was exactly the reason why we go to the cinema in the first place. Uh, it compels in comparison to just the the sheer amount of joy and laughter that we had watching this this goddamn Spider-Man movie, which does not stand on its own two feet. No, it's no. part of a bigger picture. It's part of the MCU and is also part of the, the like Spider-Man movie mythos. But it only works if you've seen those movies. But it's still on top of that an amazing movie. Yeah, and I just want to say as well the best Marvel movie I've ever seen in history. Yeah, I would agree with you. Better than any Avengers movie. I would I I would I think I would agree and, with you. And uh that. Marvel didn't even make it it was Sony. Yeah, I know. How funny is that? Sony got yes. to win. Sony got to win. Yeah, uh, you you said it perfectly. This movie 
doesn't work without the nostalgia. Once you pull all that away and you just look at the movie as its own, yeah, it's it, very weak. It's it cannot very stand general. on its own. If, you, if you've never seen a Spider-Man movie before, you're going to hate this movie. Yeah, and, and if you didn't get the cameos and the, and the If surprises. you haven't seen the other two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, you're going to hate this movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you would think that that would mean that this movie wouldn't work. That's but right. Because the whole movie is about that. It's about that nostalgia and it's yeah. about bringing that to the fold. That's, And I, it's also bringing like separate groups of fans yeah. together. Yeah. So there's three, essentially three separate groups of fans who may not necessarily like all the movies in the franchise. The fact that this is a, such a celebration of the fandom as, of Spider-Man as a whole and bringing that all together in one movie is such a big achievement. Yes. It was a spectacle. I think this yes. movie acts as a spectacle rather than a movie or rather than a story. So Marvel likes to tout Avengers Infinity Wars and Avengers Endgame as the greatest crossover movie event of all time. When e- easily for me, it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Let's, of course. Let's say that. But well, then that, sec- that, come on, that is really good. They had Mickey Mouse and, and Bugs Bunny. Bug Bunny in the same scene as it did Daffy Duck and Yeah, Donald something Bunny. they didn't do in Space Jam and New Legacy, no. but uh, <laughs> when they could have easily done that. But no, second to that, I think it's going to be this movie. Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home, that is. Yeah, yeah. No, they did a good job about it. We went into this movie. There was a lot of speculation about what was going to be in this movie. There was a lot of fans wanting to see all the Spider-Man together. Which was never an element of the promotional material. No, they kept such a good job keeping it under wraps. I know in height, like, I know after the movie came out, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we knew. I knew the whole time. was leaks. At the time, for me as an audience member, I didn't know it was going to happen. I had an idea it might. I had. I thought it was going to be like a cameo at the end and you yeah. know, that, that kind, of, kind of came through in our predictions. We did not think that they would do it as well as they did it. So yeah. when we sat in the audience, like so many people, when those surprises happened, when we revealed that the three Spider-Mans were all together very early on in the movie, mind you. Yeah, fairly early on in the movie. There were like- straight away. And, and we've seen all the footage and stuff. There were loud applauses. There were laughs. Yeah. My God, they the nailed it. They yeah. nailed it uh, when MJ fell and- uh, Andrew Garfield saved her. The conversations they were having. Every time we've seen a Spider-Man movie in the cinema, it's always been with a whole bunch of children. It's always <laughs> like, like when I say children, I mean like 14, 13 year old children. And this was no exception. We were surrounded by uh, high school aged children. Oh, there was all sorts of ages. Yeah, time. there was all sorts of ages, but they were the most prominent in the in the yeah. the theater. Because they didn't get the uh, I'm something of a scientist myself. Like, yeah, that pissed me off. Yeah, they didn't understand. <laughs> I was that so mad. <laughs> I think they'd only seen like some of the newer Spider-Man movies, but like their reactions to everything was gold. That yeah. that was the thing that really sold the movie to me was just their reactions to everything. And uh, yeah, just I guess just really being like not believing what you're seeing on the screen yeah. was such an amazing thing. You're like, are they really doing this? Yeah, is this really happening? Talk about a movie that gave you exactly what you want when you thought what you want was impossible. Yeah, that's right. Now I know it's like in the style now that every movie's doing this now. Like they're just like bringing different franchises. Not really. I, I think they are. I think like what? Give me an example. Uh, well, they were doing that in the Flash, weren't they? Yeah. But then Ezra Miller like punched a woman in the face, and that's like I, I think they are resurrecting that. Yeah, now I think they're hoping that people have forgotten they about that. They sort of did that in Space Jam, but that movie hasn't come out yet, so you can't use it as an example. Space Jam? No, The Flash. Oh, The Flash. Yeah, no. And even that's not going to be the same. It's not going to be on the same scale. Like the fact that Michael Keaton, a really old man, is going to be turning up in a bat suit is is nothing to like really get excited about. I guess not. And Space Jam and New Legacy, like I said, they they attempted to do it, but like that was very much like in property, in universe stuff. Well, they're doing it in a lazy way, but yes, yes. no, it it was something we never seen before. 
That's right. It was pure fan service. And like I said, the movie cannot stand on its own, uh, which is probably going to hurt it in the future. But for like right now, for the state of movies in 2021 or 2022, it's exactly what audiences want. And it's probably exactly what we need. Yep. And which is probably why we're we're both saying it's number one on our list. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you can say like it, we we can we can dissect it and what whatnot. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Kieran, right? We're just two people that love movies. Yeah, yeah, that's we right. can like look at the plots and look at this and da 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 da. But if we're sitting there and we got smiles on our faces, yes, and we're transported- well, no, we're laughing out aloud. Yeah, and we're transported to being like the twelve-year-old versions yes. of ourselves that really found movies and found this love of cinema. That's a fucking win. Yes, that does absolutely. not happen often. And that's never happened for me in any Marvel movie before. Yeah. Or Sony movie for that matter. <laughs> so they nailed it. Nailed expectations and just gave everybody a good time, gave us a good time. It was a great time to be in the cinema. And I totally forgot that I'm an adult walking around this world. I was just like, just a, a, a fan of movies again, you know? Not that yes. I'm not Ben, but you know what I mean? Like, it was just yes. simple enjoyment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which is why it's my number one and obviously why it's your number one. Let's wrap it up. So, have you seen every movie from 2021 that we've covered on this show? What are your thoughts on the best and the worst? You can let us know in several places. We've got an email address at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can hunt us down on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Yes. Are you angry that Free Guy was not mentioned anywhere? Yes. Yes. Is your name Ryan Reynolds? It should have been in Most Forgettable, but whatever. <laughs> yes. Since that movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap it up for another week, and this has been a, a, a mammoth blockbuster episode this week, but before we wrap it up for another week, I am very excited to ruin Matty D's week Oh no! when I reveal what we're going to be talking about next week, because next week we are doing a plot prediction for a long-awaited sequel. This is about 10 years in the making, because we're going to go back to the world of the Na'vi as we explore what's going to happen in the oh. sequel to Avatar, Avatar. The Way of Water. That's right, we're going underwater in this one. We're going from the trees to underwater. It's Matty D's favourite franchise of all time. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> and I can't wait to do a plot prediction. Separate plot predictions, mind you, for this movie that I've never seen, the original movie. Of oh, you've never seen never You're going to have it. to see the original movie. Oh, great. I can't no, wait to see I don't want to see it. I can't wait to see it. I don't want to watch it. Now, I've openly said that Avatar is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I don't care if that hurts your feelings. That's how I feel. I've spoken about it. And now you're forced to watch the sequel. Biggest disappointments ever. I heard that they were making a sequel. I hoped to God that it never came to light. The trailer's out there. You can watch the trailer right now. It's called The Way of Water. Yeah, The Way of Water. Fuck you, James Cameron. (laughs) He loves water. (laughs) He's obsessed with going underwater. It's his fetish. And we're going to talk all about that next week, so please join us for that. And um, until we return for that, enjoy your week. Oh, holy night, the stars were brightly shining. There is a version where that little girl sings that song. The night of the human saviors born. Let's just go to the best part. Fall on your knees, on your knees, oh, and hear the angels' voices. Oh, night, divine. I thought it was when Christ was born. Oh, night, when Christ was born. Oh, night, divine. That's good harmony. (laughs) All night. Divine. All right.